here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. ProRisuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProRisu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise, and now he's bringing that savings to you. With over 300 items to choose from, ProRisuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProRisu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan, like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, the Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only $6.99. For the very best in ProRisu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear. ProRisuShop.com that's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U shop.com. ProRisuShop.com. to another edition of the Voice of Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Grage alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you? On this anticipate, Are you anticipating Christmas as much as I am, Joe? Well, um, we were just talking about it. There's going to be no show next week. So, Merry Christmas, Rich. Yes. Happy Hanukkah. It is Hanukkah I, right I, now. Kwanzaa, yeah. No, no, fuck Kwanzaa. But, wow. well, here's the thing. I, I, 
I'm, I'm glad you brought up. Just burying, just burying, just half of our audience buried oh, immediately. half, right, please. Let me tell you. <laughs> if you look at the listener numbers, it's huge in, in West Africa. Let me, let me tell you something. I'm glad you brought up Christmas before I did. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you specifically said Christmas and not yeah, no, the generic happy holidays, which drives me nuts. Um, I got another haircut yesterday, and the the person who cut my hair wished me happy holidays on the way out. And I stopped in my tracks and I said, <laughs> no, ma'am, Merry Christmas. And she looked so relieved, and she exhaled, and she said, yeah, Merry Christmas. But, you know, she's probably forced by her boss to conform. Yeah. Oh, we would get in trouble. When I worked retail during Christmas, we would if, – if the boss heard us say Christmas, they would get upset. Yeah, and it, it drives me nuts. So I'm, I'm glad you're not one of those. I'm glad you said Merry Christmas. I would have settled for a happy – it is Hanukkah as we speak. I have no right. problem with a happy Hanukkah. I got no problem with that. Give me a specific holiday. Don't give me this generic, safe, scared of your own shadow to offend anybody nonsense. I'm tired of it. Merry Christmas is what people need to say to each other. A happy Hanukkah is what people need to say to each other. Enough of this happy holidays bullshit. It's corporate, soft, scared of your own shadow bullshit. And, you know, right. what really drives me nuts, Rich, <laughs> are these Honda com- – have you seen these Honda commercials? These Honda uh, commercials- I don't know. I, tried, I, I really tune out most Christmas commercials. I'm going to refresh. Maybe, maybe not, that's the point. It's not a Christmas commercial. I'm going to refresh your memory. Okay, yeah, maybe I've, I probably have seen it a thousand here's, times. Here's what no they idea. are. They they play them constantly during sports, so I know you've seen these commercials. I've seen it. Yeah, okay. I'm sure. What they are is like, it's a generic bluish hue with non-denominational shapes in the background. It's a wintry scene, but they're very careful. It's not the it's not the Hanukkah blue. It's not Christmas shapes. It's kind of just winter, right? And then okay. they'll have the Honda in the frame, and then like. A toy will come out. There's one commercial with He-Man and Skeletor. Oh, there's like the Skeletor and uh, there's Gumpy, I think, in one, one of with them. With Gumpy, correct. There's yeah, one okay. With like Stretch Armstrong. And But anyway, what will happen is the toy emerges from like the back seat of the Honda. And let, let's use He-Man as the example here. Yeah. And He-Man will say, remember when you got me for the holidays? <laughs> no, I don't. I remember when I got He-Man for Christmas. I don't remember <laughs> when I got – what holiday? Arbor Day? Uh, Arbor Day, yeah. Uh, Secretary. I know I got a He-Man sword on Arbor Day. I don't know about you. Memorial Day. What are we Columbus talking about Day. here? Columbus, Columbus Day. What? What? Right. What are we? What holiday are we referencing? Because no, I don't remember getting Gumby for the holidays. I do remember getting Gumby for Christmas. And there might be, you know, some Jewish dude somewhere who remembers getting Gumby for Hanukkah. Okay, not for the holidays. Honda is so scared that some person, some like, if they say. If Skeletor says, hey, remember when you got me for Christmas, or if Gumby says, hey, remember when you got me for Hanukkah, right. Honda is so scared that they're going to get an email from some oversensitive social justice bully somewhere, uh, and they're going to have to deal with an email. Or they're going to have to deal with some 23-year-old Euro soccer watching uh, – <laughs> Craft beer drinking block. Whoa, whoa, hold on. I just <laughs> craft beer drinking. I don't like Euro from, I enjoy craft beer from lot, some but... bullshit leftist website like Gawker or Salon.com. They're afraid that some bored blogger who who isn't a real writer, which is why they're a blogger on Gawker to begin with, is gonna is gonna write some blog about their commercial. So they have to say holidays. 
instead of they're afraid to say Christmas or Hanukkah. You know, they easily could just stick a Christmas tree in the He-Man commercial and say Christmas in the He-Man commercial. And then they could stick a bunch of dreidels all over the place or the, or the candle gimmick in the Gumby commercial and, and say Hanukkah. OK, and, and if and if if the. 0.001% of people who celebrate Kwanzaa don't like it. Tough shit. You're 0.001%. Deal with it. it. It makes me sick. I can't take it anymore. And that's why, that's the only reason I said fuck Kwanzaa in the beginning of the pot. Look, I have yeah, right. not against Kwanzaa. The people will celebrate it. But the problem is, they're a clear minority. I'm not going to wor be worried about offending the nine people in the United States. Who's, I'm not even convinced Kwanzaa's real. I'm, Kwanzaa is like something they told you about <laughs> in school. Okay, but you never actually. Right, Rich, have you ever been? Prince, if Prince Nana listens to this, he's gonna be very have upset. You, sir, have you I... ever been out and about? Okay, maybe Christmas shopping. You bump into a friend. You say, "Oh, hey, Tim, how are you, Tim?" And then you shoot the shit with Tim. And then Tim turns to you and says, "All right, Rich, I gotta get going. I gotta finish my <laughs> Kwanzaa shopping." You've never heard that. No one you've ever met in real life has ever said. I celebrate Kwanzaa, or I gotta go finish up my Kwanzaa shopping, or I gotta go celebrate, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Rich, I don't have time, I gotta get to my Three Kings Day party. These things don't, like, <laughs> no one celebrates these things. There's like four people somewhere celebrating Three Kings Day. We don't have to recognize everything just because there's a half a dozen people somewhere, someplace, who might celebrate it. It's ridiculous. We don't have to cater to these tiny, tiny minorities. We don't have to do it. It's Christmas and it's Hanukkah. That's, that, that's, I mean, if, if that offends you, I'm sorry. You have to recognize that you're one of three people who celebrate something else. Deal with it. And show some backbone, Honda. So I'm sorry. If I come across you in public and you give me a happy holidays, this is the rant you're going to get. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell I, you Merry Christmas. I used to have old white women that would just get really pissed when I would have to say Happy Holidays. And I'd be like, I, I know, I understand. And, and I should preface, too, before people sort of think that, that Joe and I are these, like, I, I, like and nobody, I, if anybody's ever listened to us before, they know us. But in case there's a one-time visitor, it's like, these religious assholes are, are dickheads. Like, we are the opposite of that completely. Like, I 100% atheist, but I still... To me, it, 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 it's a completely secular holiday it, at this It has point. become a non-religious I, I, right. I take the Christ right out of Christmas. There's no religious – Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just a, you know, it's what you do at the end of the year. You know, you give each other some presents. You listen to some awful music, and, and you put up a stupid tree. And, and it has nothing to do with religion for me at this point, and, and believe me, I was raised by uh, Italians and, and uh, old Italian – grandmother on one side, old Irish mother on the other side, believe me. I had the religious Very part of Catholic, Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Very down Catholic, my, yes. Okay. So, you know, I was I just, slow, but yeah, but just as an adult. And that's why we're not, that's why we're not religious anymore. <laughs> exactly. Because once you get smart enough, Catholicism is about the last thing you ever, you're like, oh, this is not very cool. I mean, I'm going to, we'll save the Catholicism rant for another show. <laughs> right now we're picking on, we've already buried enough. Yeah. We've already buried all of West Africa. So. <laughs> right now we're burying Kwanzaa and whatever Three Kings Day is. I, yes. I, that's another one that they would tell you so about. So Catholicism will tackle another day in, a, in another podcast. It's like you're in apparently. school and they make, you, they make you do like a Three Kings Day or a Kwanzaa. And, I don't remember that at and, all. I don't remember the Three and, Kings and, Day whatsoever. I have no idea what that and is. And nobody in the class celebrates either one. You're all just looking at each <laughs> other like you're looking at the Jew. The Jew's looking at you. He's <laughs> like, that's not me. No, no, no. Why are, why are we doing this? Like, like, let's, you know, either let's put out, let's do the Christmas tree gimmick or the dreidel gimmick and get it. I mean, why are we doing the thing that no one in this class does? You know, I, I never understood. But anyway, 
Happy Holidays is bullshit. Yeah, either way, Merry Christmas, so, Joe. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It is currently Hanukkah. I'm okay with a happy Hanukkah. I got yeah, oh yeah. I got no beef with a happy Hanukkah, and uh, I and 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 basically, I'm stalling for time because we have no format for this show and we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we've buried two holidays. All right, let's and, let's uh, do cage match December 25th. We'll just we'll just talk about every match that ever occurred on December 25th, and then... Well, here's here's the... I'm half joking, by the way, because we really don't have a ton to talk and the, about. And the reason being, and the problem is, NXT take over our evolution, arrival, whatever the hell it was called. Bracket, our close bracket. <laughs> it was like a week ago. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and give you my hot takes on the show. We will be officially the last people to give you our hot takes. Right. Shake Them Ropes did a live show immediately following, which I was on, by the way. Every every also yeah you are, are are pretty good if you want to find any sure every newsletters come out every other podcast has talked about it uh, newsflash the show is really good uh, yes there's really not much more to add we have a review on the site if you're into that uh, yep. tables ladders chairs and stairs was like four or five days ago and again you you know I mean look if that newsflash that show wasn't very good I mean you know so it's it, we don't really have a ton of topical stuff to get to we have shows that are coming up um, actually you know TLC um, I, I, I do have to say this. You weren't in on the team review on that. So I don't really. Oh, no. Or were you? Yeah, yeah, you were. I was, you unfortunately. Were yes. Review. That was the yeah. most negative review that oh, man was has ever. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. Yeah, that that's. And that, what, what's funny is we, we get we get sort of criticism both ways. It's just always funny with WWE where no matter which side we do, we have another side that that's very vocal. It's always it, the vocal is always the opposite of what we like when we're very positive about a show everybody is saying oh you guys are, are are always so positive about wwe or whatever and it's 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 like no we usually i mean then and then whenever we're negative oh you're so negative on wwe or whatever it, we really can't win but this one in particular yeah you're absolutely right was the grumpiest we have ever been i i think there's a reason for it though i don't think it's just misplaced grumpiness i really don't well what's well, go ahead what's your theory i think i think it's just we, we've been beaten down so, i mean this this fall into this winter has been just and the ratings are showing that. I mean, obviously, the, the, the last raw ratings, you know, an after pay-per-view rating being one of the lowest in, in the last 20 years or whatever, it, it, it's you're just getting beaten down. I mean, this fall has been so creatively awful, and it came to a head at that event, I think. TLC really, like, very quickly in that event, you realize, God, like, nobody is over. All the storylines suck. Like, <laughs> these guys, like, and especially after, if you had watched takeover which a lot of the people that done the review had watched takeover or whatever and then you get this and it was just immediately the the the, the contrast between what you got with it and, and so i know people get upset that you're talking you know you're comparing the two they're the same damn company so i'm gonna compare the two you know buzz off or whatever but that to, to have that contrast of what nxt takeover was given you which was very simple guys are over the stories are, are just they're 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 simple to not to a fault, but they're so so simple and it works. And then you get TLC and it's these convoluted storylines and and this guy does this and this is this and this is a stipulation and it's just crap. It's just garbage. This whole fall has been awful. And I think it all came to a head here where it was like, Jesus Christ, thank God this fall is over because now we're going into the Royal Rumble season, WrestleMania or whatever. Presumably it will get better, but that just was like the culmination of just what an awful, awful five months of, of WWE. Like the worst. I, I, I challenge anybody to find five months worse. The, the, horrible. There was nothing good. It was that, and then the pay-per-view was built so poorly on television 
that, you know, I think that reflected on the live crowd as well because the live crowd wasn't into anything after that. They didn't give a shit either. Once that ladder match was over, they didn't care about a single thing on that pay-per-view because the live build was so bad. And, you know, I thought I really hated the show and I threw a bunch of two-star ratings and everything. And then I looked at everybody else and you guys were going like negative, (laughs) negative stars. Well, that was Ryan. Brian Rose is completely, I mean, they've killed him. That that is a guy who, when he first wrote for us, was like the most happy-go-lucky, ambitious, yeah, I'll write this. Yeah, sure, I'll do this. And that guy, they, they have killed Brian Rose. Like they have absolutely destroyed that boy. I think we need to yank Brian Rose off of WWE. He just he 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 got it beaten out of him. He he, he stopped doing Raw, and he just he's just he that company has just beaten that poor kid into a pulp. I mean, he's throwing negative star ratings at some of these matches. I mean, which I thought was a little look. The show wasn't good, but it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? I, it's like yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, here's the thing: a lot of the matches on that show, the wrestlers all worked hard. But, Absolutely. but the crowd just wasn't in any of it. And a lot of the wrestlers were handcuffed by the steps. I mean, that stairs match was just <laughs> I mean, that was a it was just complete shit. And it's like, what do you but at the same time, all right, look, you're talking about Big Show who's washed up. I think it's safe to say he's on the backside of his career. Okay. He's he's getting up there in age. He's gonna be harder and harder for him to move around with all that weight. And I don't know, he never was never really that great to begin with. And then, you know, Eric Rowan, look, the guy has improved by leaps and bounds. Ba- this guy is a million times better than he was on the indie scene. Anyone who saw him on his Noah tour knows how awful he used to be. But look, he's not any great shake. You got two guys who aren't very great. And then they're handcuffed by a stip. Like, what do you want these guys to do with stairs? Right. What can they be expected to do except whack each other in the head with stairs and st- and, and, and stair bowling and and, which and it's not so obvious yeah which which is so passionately by Jerry Lawler stair bowling yeah, and it's like the the announcers are making a joke out of it um th- it's not like they have some long standing grudge which was culminating in this sta- you know it's just like a, a right. stip thrown on a random raw match for the hell of it and you have no chance, uh, you know, on top of the fact that you're dealing with two below average wrestlers to begin with, you have no chance in a match like that. So it was predictably awful. Matt, you know, it's it, it was just, you know, it, but it's not like, it, you know, they did what they could. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. And, and no, I don't think anything is on the fault of the workers. I, I think make that absolutely clear. I thought these guys and, and that was one of the things is like, oh, we're, you know, there, there were some terrible rumor sites were like, oh, the guys were like tanking because they're upset or whatever, you know. And then there were other people saying, you know, when they were saying, oh, they're passionate because takeover was so good. And, and oh, I didn't see that. They didn't seem very passionate. It seemed like guys were mailing in. I mean, nobody was mailing. I mean, everybody was giving pretty solid effort but there's just nothing there the characters are nothing the stories are nothing there's just no inch like nobody is over right now nobody zero i've never ever in my life seen a company where just nobody is over uh this idea that the wrestlers were tanking that night because they were disgruntled (laughs) at the writing team and and because of how good nxt was if that doesn't expose this clown on 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 uh reddit as being a complete fraud then i don't know what it's going to take for people that is the most absurd we're talking about mets fan in case you're curious if you heard i forgot what the other some a mets fan something whatever whatever the hell his name is mets fan on that is so so patently absurd that the wrestlers would intentionally tank a pay-per-view but it completely misses the point that they tried hard anyway and everyone out there was trying hard i mean everybody was killing themselves they they were they were they were doing it was a fucking three-hour stunt show what do you mean they tanked 
you out of your fucking mind? They were going through tables and killing themselves. Yeah, Luke Harper really looked like he was tanking out there. Right, yeah. yeah. When he nearly separated his shoulder doing a fucking topé. Even, even the Eric Rowan, even, even Eric Rowan and Big Show, the match I hated, both those guys, I mean, they were killing sure, themselves. They were I mean, Big Show took a... Ass. Big Show took a steel stare to the hip. Uh, Rowan looked like his shoulder had separated at one point. I mean, these guys were getting killed. Yeah. Like, no. That, yeah, that, that you was... Know, you, un- you had... You had, you had um, uh, Kane and Ryback killing each other with chair shots. Right. It's just nobody gave a shit. Well, I mean, <laughs> the chair, especially the chairs. Okay, so the whole <sighs> the chairs match. If you start with a chair shot in a chairs match, and then you end with a chair shot, and in between it's 300 chair shots, wh- who would care? Like, why would you ever care? After the first chair shot, you've seen it. Okay, cool. Like, the eighth chair shot is like, okay, now this is getting ridiculous. Like, this is unbelievable. Again, not ex- like what the hell? Not, yeah, not exactly a hot take because we're kind of going last. But this whole concept of a pay-per-view probably needs to go away. I know there have been other people who have said that this week, and I completely agree with everyone yeah. who has said that. Um, you know, this, you know, maybe do one TLC match as the main event to as a blow-off to a feud. I have no problem with that. But just making every match a stipulation match, it just only, it killed it. Yeah. yeah, the only match that worked was was the was the was the ladder match, which I thought, which is funny because um I, I, I hated pretty much the entire card except for that, that ladder match. But, you know, I, I, it, I didn't hate it nearly as much as the rest of our team did. And it looked it seemed like I enjoyed that ladder match. Well, I, I thought the ladder match was a borderline match of the year contender. Little, I thought it was fantastic, too. A yeah. little short of that mark. I had it at four and a quarter. And normally, you know, nothing less than four and a half is going to crack my top ten. I can normally find ten matches per year, four and a half or better. You know what I mean? You could find that in G1 alone. But I mean, you know, so borderline match of the year contender at four and a quarter. And I thought it was really good. And you guys were even down on that. I mean, no one else even gave it four. So, I mean, no one, no one trashed it. I don't want to give the impression. I think most of you guys went like three and three quarter, which isn't dra- I mean, it's a half a star difference. Yeah, I went, I went three and a half. I know uh, Brian went three and a half and then Taylor went uh, three and a quarter. Yeah, so three and a, three and a quarter, three and a half. It's not drastically different than the, the four and a quarter. But it just goes to show that even a great match like that, you guys were just so bummed out by the products that maybe you underrated that a little bit too. Yeah, it's just I, that possible, it's, yeah. It's you, you really hit on something in your in your opening little monologue there, I think that 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 is true. I think this show, look, it wasn't a good show. I don't want to make make no mistake about it. It wasn't a good pay-per-view. It it was one of the WWE's uh probably one of their bottom two or three shows of the year without question. If not their worst show. But I don't think it was nearly as bad as I mean, and it wasn't just us. Twitter hated this fucking show. Yeah, live as it was happening, nobody was like. And it's like you're saying, bad build, frustration over bad product, and it just all culminated on that. And on top of that, NXT was so good, so everyone was coming off of that high and using NXT as a comparison point. If NXT wasn't as great as it was, and that was a great show, then maybe people aren't dumping on TLC and S as hard. As they as they would have nor as 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 they did uh, because NXT was so sure. great. So because NXT, I mean, while and what the NXT show proved was you don't need you know a bunch of five star matches to have a great show because in reality that show only had the one great match. The women mm-hmm. the women's match was a very good match. I'm a little I'm not as 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 bullish on that match as a lot of people are. I thought it was a very good match. I think you thought it was a great match. A lot of people thought it was a great match. I thought it was a very very good match. I got 3 and 3 quarter for that one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing else on that show was anything special. The tag match was just a match, you know, nice three star match or whatever. Um, you know, um, you had the Kevin Steen match, the Kevin Owens match. I'm gonna stop. I gotta stop. That's gonna be hard. Yeah, that one's gonna be. That one might be the hardest because it's because so it's close. It's still so Kevin. Kevin, and then you're gonna go. Ah, damn it. Yeah, because like, if he had a different first name, it'd be an easier. If it was Kenta Atami, I would call him. I would just say Kenta all the time. Or you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Where if, or, or if he was Prince Balor or whatever, I would say Prince Ever. But the fact that they've they've so changed, I'm I'm good with them now. But Kevin Owens, I'm gonna say, I'm, yeah, right there. I almost had to. The fact that I'm saying Kevin and I'm thinking Kevin Steen, I'm gonna say Kevin Steen for like six months. And I don't mean to be like a weird asshole or like a I'm gonna call him by his indie name or whatever. But yeah, that's no, we're that, not, that we're not be, being you know the, we're not being. Smart. I'm not being ironic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just it's gonna slip for a while. <laughs> But I mean, and, and 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 once again, I mean, he he's doing a he's doing the Kevin Steen gimmick. He's Kevin Steen, right. which makes it hard. To, which they've done with everybody, by the way. This complaint. I'm glad that that's gone away. I, you don't really hear. Yeah, your article. Yeah, you don't need to. We don't need to reference your article again from about two years ago, being like, "Hey, look, pretty much everybody that comes in NXT keeps whatever their character was." Yeah, before. I mean, so. I, that's been now we're good. Lots. I mean, we're, we're we're actually literally doing the exact same angle that El Generico and Kevin Steen did. So yeah, I, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But but I mean, <laughs> like, but anyway, his match was you know. It won some kind. Look, I love that match for what it was, which was a great introduction of the character. The blood was the accidental blood was perfect, oh, yeah. and where it was just like Bad Luck Fale smashing Nakamura's face in the first time that they uh, faced each other. It, it whereas it made the match that much better and actually enhanced the match, and it, that was the same effect here. You they couldn't have introduced Kevin Owens better from start. No, that was that was that perfect. Yeah, absolutely. It was one thousand percent perfect flawless execution and introduction to that character flawless mm-hmm. and uh you know it just goes to show you know it, it really only had one all right i'll throw in the women's you know it only related to two great matches but it was still a great start to finish show just because of yeah. of, of everything else that surrounded it and and then you know that's tlc suffered because of that too so um but you know like you're saying maybe that's in the rear view we're going to move on to royal rumble they have six now we're down to five weeks now a long build for this Royal Rumble, so they got plenty of time to screw it up. Uh, so we'll see. But everyone's going to be pissed off at the Rumble, too, because Roman Reigns is probably going to win the thing. Right. But I will say this. For the first time since it became obvious that that Roman Reigns was going to be the guy, we've kind of seen some cracks. We've kind of seen some... Uh, are we so sure he's the guy? I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that note in the Observer this week. I did, yeah, and that that, that got floated by somebody, I'm sure, because right. Dave wouldn't just pull that out of his ass. That was floated by somebody. That there's curiosity if he's the guy. I think what what did he say? So he said people in the industry or something like that. I, I forgot the exact term that he used, but it was it was vague enough to kind of be like, eh, like it's pretty clear to just people in the company who are seeing the same things yeah. that we're seeing, such as the awful promo on the NXT special. Just, <laughs> it just, I mean, it just, it, that had to have everybody just putting their like face palming and shaking their heads. Like was... this is the guy that they're going to run with in 2015. Then he does the promo on, I believe it was TLC, on TLC where he forgot his lines. The right, guy just stares at the line. camera for 35 you seconds. Had... And it's the most awkward, like, like everybody in the world. It was just like, you know, like, like just, caving in on themselves being like oh what's going on like why talk like somebody talk like god just say something do something you had three lines what's he gonna do when he has to open a raw for 20 minutes right i mean it's 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 scary to think about uh, you know and this is a guy who they've been sending to acting classes yeah he's been in, in like professional acting classes too i mean yes. and that's and never mind the fact that he's got um that he's got miles to go in the ring 
I mean, the guy's got three moves, which are all very much over, and he has no idea how to construct a match. He's still at the point in his career where he needs to be carried. And if you don't believe me, watch either of the Rusev matches with two guys who need to be carried and show me how those came out. I mean, so the guy has a ton of flaws right now. It's, it's a scary proposition, and I think some of the people in the company are maybe starting to see that. In reality, look, what's the fucking rush? Okay, even if they think he's the long-term solution, uh, why not wait till 2016 and give mm-hmm. the guy a year to progress? I mean, we've talked about this. I, I, I think he could have used another six months or a year as a heel. Yeah, I agree. Where it's a little easier. I think even now would be a good cuts. time to, to to be a heel for a little. And bit. now it might be too late to turn him back. Yeah, I, you know, I, I possibly yeah. because now all the plans are in place and gears are turning. You know, so. It's 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 I don't know it's 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 scary you know and and I don't know if he's gonna get the Batista backlash I don't th- I don't sense that a lot of people are speculating I don't sense that I think he's too popular to get the Batista backlash yeah and you need that other you need somebody else as well you know I I said that Dean Ambrose I mean this was I think three or four months ago that I I said that if Dean Ambrose was still as hot as he was I remember when he was coming back from the movie and and him and Seth Rollins were in the midst of their feud he was hot enough where at that point where he might have been that guy that would. When he when he's in the rumble, people are like, "No, we want him or whatever." But at this point, I don't know if he's really that. So you know, Dean Ambrose. I don't know if there is that one. I don't know if there is that. There guy isn't that, that guy. That, I, I, you need that, and I think that's that's the that's the part that made the Batista thing a smoking gun is that it was just the perfect thing where 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 Dana Bryan had fought all, all all summer and all fall. Everybody knew that he should be the guy, but he kept being dicked around in the little stuff. You know, it, you know, people people were anxious. They were saying, "Okay, look, like, are you going to go run with this guy?" And then there was kind of the idea, okay, they're finally going to run with him. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, 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 Batista's coming in. Batista's going to take the spot. It, it, it all came to a head. And you needed that Daniel Bryan to make that Batista that way. There, there's no one like that because no one else is over it. So, so I think there might be some, like, general uneasiness towards Reigns. But it's not going to be like the Batista because there's nobody there. There's no one else. I, I like Dean Ambrose just fine. Uh, in fact, I like him a lot. Dean Ambrose is no Daniel Bryan. Right. He just he's, – he's – He's no Daniel Bryan, and he's not over like Daniel Bryan was, and um, you know that's just that. I mean, there's just it's, he's just not at that level. So, um, Three Kings Day is uh, apparently on January. <laughs> I've never heard of this. Is apparently on January sixth. It's celebrated by uh, Christians, certain Christian sects. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It was something that was always <laughs> talked about when I in school. When I, I must, I, you know, I went, you know, and and keep in mind, you know, when I was like in third grade, we're talking about uh, the '80s here, okay? And even then, I must have been in a very, very scared liberal. School yeah, I was gonna district. say pretty protective. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think in the '90s I heard about any of these. Because even in the '80s, in uh, Edison Township, Edison, New Jersey, schools school district, lovely. Edison, they were, they were, they were very scared of their own shadow and not offending anyone even then. And, and, and that <laughs> was the case. And considering it's New Jersey. Yeah. But. It's, it's New Jersey and it's the eighties. You would think that it would have been like, you know, the, the exact opposite. We, <laughs> see, we see, we always had a very heavy Jewish population where I grew up. Uh-huh. So like Hanukkah and, and, and bar mitzvahs and things like that have, I, that's just been ingrained in me forever. I don't find that stuff foreign at all. Now that I'm in Texas, it's like Hanukkah doesn't exist. I see no evidence of the existence of Hanukkah anywhere in the state of Texas. Like, and and I got to be honest, the, the the person who cut my hair yesterday was the first person to drop a Happy Holidays on me. I've gotten nothing but Merry Christmases this entire month, you know. And 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 
the entire five years I've been in Texas, really. So that was pretty surprising that they that I got a happy holidays dropped on me. But um, but yeah, so it's like you know, even back then in the '80s, we were having you know these fringe holidays pushed on us. Well, there you go. It, it's 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 crazy. I, did you grow up in Chicago or did you grow up? I in, did. Yeah, I grew up in Chicago. Yeah, we had in um, Chicago or a suburb of Chicago. It was a suburb, but. You grew up in, if I say Downers Grove, no one's gonna have any freaking. No, clue if you say Downers about. Grove, they're gonna think of Leaping Lanny Poffo. This is a wrestling yeah, no, that's show. True. Right. Oh, right. He. Is, yeah. Okay. I forgot that he was billed from there because I know he's from there, but I, I forgot that like they actually build him as there. Yes. So, and and recently, if you watch the recent Macho Man Randy Savage documentary, there's a lot of Downers Grove there, same high school as I did. So there you go. So so there you go. So Downers. Uh, yeah. There was um, there was like a brief like I, if I remember correctly, we had like a window painted or something that talked a little bit about Kwanzaa, but that wasn't it. But, but Hanukkah, uh, even though I don't really remember any Jewish kids going to my school, we did a decent amount of Hanukkah stuff or just kind of learned about it or, or at least like studied it. You know, what's the purpose? What's that? I know we had like dreidels and stuff, but, but it was pretty much, I'd say probably 75% like Christmas based. You know, you know what I mean? Where, where we, we didn't really worry about all the other, I mean, I have no idea what three Kings day is. Yeah. Never we, heard I got to tell you, we were nearly a 50, 50 split. You, you also got to remember that Edison, New Jersey borders shares a border with Highland Park, New Jersey. And mm-hmm. if you look up Highland Park, New Jersey on Wikipedia, it has like the highest concentration of Jewish people in the entire United States. Like it's up there. Like it's essentially an entire uh, township of, of, of Jewish people. So of course, if you live that close to a town, which is essentially nothing but Jewish people, you, you know, you, you're going to have plenty of Jewish people living in your town. So we were right. like, we were pretty much a 50, 50 split. Well, you know, a a forty nine forty nine split with you know uh, you know some fringe in there <laughs> two, yeah because they had to recognize the three kings day and the quant I don't know why this three kings day has stuck with me all these years yeah I, I've so, never you know, in my life heard of it, but. I, it you know I guess most people haven't I don't know but I guess everyone's heard of the Kwanzaa by now which again I'm sorry I failed to I, I I still don't believe that I've never met a, a real person who celebrates Kwanzaa I just haven't so I mean come on give me a break but you know so well, in but, case you're curious begins on the 26th and ends on the 1st. So if you'd like to uh, begin by celebrating it, you can... Oh, wait, Kwanzaa's one of these, like, week-long deals? Like, like the... Uh, apparently, yeah. Do they do, like, the candle gimmick, too? <laughs> that I don't know. Uh, yeah, it looks like, from as, as per this Wikipedia and the photos included in this Wikipedia, yes, they do use candles. You know what? This, know sounds, like a, many, this but... sounds like a rip-off of the Hanukkah. I gotta be honest. It is pretty close. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It's, How uh... old is Kwanzaa? Because uh, I believe in the 60s, it, it, it gained traction. Wait a minute, the 1960s? Yeah, it oh, was created. Oh, Kwanzaa. I don't want to hear about Kwanzaa. It was celebrated in 1966, 1967. Are you kidding me? It's bare- I've got clothes older than that. They did Kwanzaa. All right, here we go, Joe. Here we go. In, in 2004, Big Research conducted a marketing survey. As you can tell, we have nothing to talk about. So we're going to do it. It's just a holiday. We're going to call it the holiday special at this point. The Kwanzaa special. Just to, this is the just to, just to, just to annoy Joe, I'm going to call this the ho- In the show notes, I'm going to call it the holiday uh, special. Uh, in 2004, Big Research conducted a marketing survey in the United States for the National Retail Foundation, which found that 1.6% of the, those surveyed planned to celebrate Kwanzaa. So this would imply that around 4.7 million people in the U.S. population plan to celebrate Kwanzaa. Bullshit. I, I, I call bullshit. that very dubious. Yeah. Bullshit. This thing has only existed since 1966. 
Okay, the, the, in 2006 speech, uh, Ron, somebody, I don't know, asserted that 28 million people celebrate Kwanzaa. He has always claimed it to celebrate all around the world. Uh, Lee D. Baker puts the, mil, uh, the number at 12 million. I'm sure these are guys that, if you're familiar, would know. Uh, the African American Culture Center claimed 30 million in 2009. And then in 2011, Keith May said that 2 million people participated well, in Kwanzaa. These numbers are all over the place. So we have somewhere between 2 million and 30 million. I guarantee so. you. My my <laughs> estimate from about a half I'm at two hundred thousand. Yeah. My estimate of a from a half hour ago <laughs> of nine people is closer than the estimate of thirty million people. Like nine people. Like uh, you can count the number of people who celebrate Kwanzaa on your hands. I, I and that's that's probably a closer estimate than that ridiculous. Those estimates. First of all, yeah, I, I wonder if the big research is the same fun that uh, that. Uh, Tell me what you used to find out how many people have an affinity for the product because that's a pretty high number. So I it's think, a, it, it's only existed since 1966. Yeah, 1966-67. And it's a, and it's a car. It's a ripoff of Hanukkah. Uh, I don't want to go that far because I don't know yet. But yeah, they're they're hold on a candles. second. Hold on a second. It looks like a, it looks like a menorah. It's, or, it's, yeah. a, it's a, like a week long deal, and they're lighting a candle each night. That's a ripoff of Hanukkah. Hanukkah's been around since like the fucking what thousands of years. Okay, Kwanzaa symbols include a decorative mat on which symbols are placed, corn and other crops, a candle, and seven candles. I don't know. I'm sorry, uh, Hanukkah guys. Is it seven? What, what are they? I don't know what they're eight, 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 right? Eight, eight crazy. Okay, so they had you know one last. So they... The eight crazy nights, Adam Sandler. So it's got, oh, it's right. Eight. Oh, it's, uh, okay. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, a communal cup for pouring libation, uh, gifts, and then a poster of the seven principles and a black, red, and green flag. Right, so the seven candles represent some sort of principle. Well, first of all, yes, this is like is is it? <laughs> what are we doing? It's nineteen nineteen sixty six. Yeah, I mean, this fucking thing is barely forty years old. They're supposed to take this seriously. That means when they were shoving Kwanzaa down my throat, it was like twenty. It was like fifteen years old. It was like twenty years old when I was in school. When I was like in second grade, this thing was like twenty years old. <laughs> I I can't take it. I can't take the Kwanzaa. You can take your Kwanzaa and your Three Kings Day and get lost. If if I can't deal with it, go. I, you can celebrate it if you want. All right. So the, the the goal was to give blacks, and that's how the exact quote is: "Give blacks." This was 1960, by the way. This is a this is a former Malcolm X uh, uh, um, associate that that created this. Uh, he said to give blacks an alternative to the existing holiday and give blacks an opportunity to celebrate themselves and their history, rather than simply imitate the practice of the dominant society. Okay. All of that is fine. If that if that's your bag, cool. That that all of that is fine, but. You can't get mad at everybody else <laughs> who've been celebrating holidays that have existed in some cases for thousands of years, being non-inclusive of your made-up holiday that you created 10 minutes ago. 10 minutes ago, Rich, in the grand scheme of things. How long has Hanukkah been around? Like, the fucking stone? Pretty long. Since, yeah, I don't... Since, since humans have... Ex I mean, geez. It's pretty long. Fairly long. Longer than Kwanzaa. I can, I can, or Three Kings Day, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't officially say about. Do you want to know the seven principles, Joe? Before we move on to whatever the hell we're going to talk about next. Um, sure. Why not? Okay. Uh, the first one is unity. Unity. Uh, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, self determination. I, I love a little self determination. Yep. Collective work and responsibility. Kwanzaa sounded pretty good, huh? This sounds like a, a Republican holiday. Collective it does. Uh, cooperative e economics. Uh, okay. Well, that's a little purpose. Uh, cooperative economics is a little left leaning. Uh, yeah, but that's my purpose. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. 
Uh, creativity. Now we're getting a little out of your realm. Uh, you know, I'm not the most creative guy, <laughs> but all right, I, I have nothing against creative. And then this might hurt you a little bit, faith. I, well, you know, I, I have faith in very little, but I have nothing against any of those seven principles. Those all. So there you go. Well, then there. Look, well, like I said, it, I, I listen. Day after Christmas, Boxing Day, you can get it started. It's not listen. It's not Kwanzaa that I have the issue with. It's not what about Boxing Day. It's not celebrating Kwanzaa that I have an issue with. It's kowtowing to the fringe minorities who celebrate these things by refute by people refusing to say <laughs> there's a wrestling reference that we could do here but i'm not i'm not even gonna touch that <laughs> by say by refusing to say christmas and hanukkah in public for fear that one of the nine people who celebrate kwanzaa is going to be we'll within earshot and may be offended you know and and and, and to that point rich if the woman who cut my hair had said to me happy kwanzaa Again, I wouldn't have been annoyed. It's only the happy holidays that drives me nuts. Have a spine and rep whatever you rep. You know what I'm saying, Rich? Right. And if it happens to be Kwanzaa with their seven principles, four of which are conservative and three of which are liberal, <laughs> I have no problem with that. Just, they need to add an A so they can split it down the middle. Just, like. just rep something, man. Get behind something. Throw the Three Kings Day at me. Throw the Kwanzaa at me. Just don't throw the happy holidays at me. What's next? We got a little Dragon Gate talk. Little, I got you. Yeah, let's talk Dragon Gate. Speaking of seven principles, Dragon Gate. I, I don't know. Well, no, actually, here real quick, let, let's talk a little bit match of the year. I know people are, are are anticipating their their ballots coming out. Stuff about match of the year. What what's the tentative plan right now? We have for match of the year and and, and how we're going to do the voting. How it differs from last year and, and and all that other good stuff. Okay, Voices of Wrestling match of the year poll, which is not open to people who celebrate Kwanzaa. That's not true. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's technically. It's, it's open to everybody again. Let me let me let me specify. If you are from Ghana and you would like, if Prince Nana wants to put in a vote, he can put in a vote. Do you? Think, are you sending one to Prince Nana? I wonder if Kofi Kingston celebrates. Because um. <laughs> he was like from fake Ghana, right? But like, he was from fake Ghana. But he, but he is of Ghana descent, isn't he? he... Right. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to go to Prince Nana's. I'm, I'm actually fa I'm, I'm personal Facebook friends with Prince Nana. Let's see. Um, oh, look at you, you name-dropping son of a bitch. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's Perfect. see. Um, nothing about Kwanzaa yet, but uh, I, I will be on the lookout. Well, here's so. the thing. I mean, you know, I'm not even sure that this... That this... He, on December 16th, Happy Hanukkah, all my friends celebrating, and they throw some Hebrew in there. I like that. I like that. I like that from Prince Nana. That's Nana. Well, you, you like Prince Nana. I, yeah, that's because good. Because there's... No happy holidays bullshit. He went straight in with the Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy yeah, you Hanukkah. guys are celebrating it right now. Happy Hanukkah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, now, here's the thing. The way you just described it, this isn't necessarily – this thing originated in the United States. This isn't an African right. holiday. No, it's absolutely a United States. So yeah, it's, a it's man the, from Ghana to celebrate the Afri – yeah, right. He wouldn't really – He wouldn't give a shit about Kwanzaa, you know? Well, it's it, – it, to mm. – Sort of. Isn't he it's, a fake Ghana guy too, though? Isn't he from like Brooklyn or something? I think so, but it's more about like celebrating the the past and their their you know you know what I mean like and that's what that whole whole you know red green black movement was all about is sort of even though we're from America Rich, celebrating. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you you brought up the red and the green because first of all they're ripping off Hanukkah with the candles in the eight days, <laughs> and they're ripping off the Christmas colors. They did black. Kwanzaa needs to do their own thing. I'm sorry. Uh, is Mal? You know, the, whoever uh, took uh, over. Who's the guy? Yeah, let's let's. Who are the new leaders of the of 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 the Malcolm the X Quans revolution yeah, here? Like, this is a Malcolm X thing you said, right? Yeah, X. yeah. He uh, his name was uh, oh boy. But does does Louis Farrakhan have anything to do with the? Uh, I don't think so. He's still alive, but... right? 
Uh, ooh, I don't know. They have a street named after him not too far from me. I wonder if he's on Twitter. Talk. I would like to tweet <laughs> Louis Farrakhan and ask him um, if he could please consider, I mean, if Kwanzaa could just do their own thing. I mean, there's plenty of other yeah, I would know. Yeah, let me see, because I think he... Uh, I mean, pick um, a different color. Yeah, I think he's still around, because he's got a mansion in Chicago, so I think he's still... Yeah, he's still good. Still of, kicking. Like, he's on Twitter. Of, like, he's at Louis Farrakhan if you want to uh, okay, give so him a... so he is on Twitter. All right, so I'm going to ask him later. Yeah. I'll make sure I do it from the at Joe M. Lanza account. <laughs> yeah, please please. I don't do. want to drag voices around. Uh, he is followed by the Anarchy Championship Wrestling Twitter account. In case oh, you well, were well, there's some connections there. But I... <laughs> Why? Why? What in, what in the world would the Anarchy Championship Wrestling need to follow him? Is for? there any mentions of Kwanzaa and Louis Farrakhan? Uh, let me see. Bum, 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 dun, dun, dun. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Uh, it did not, so so I think we'll have to monitor that. I'm going to keep an eye on it. But, I mean, Kwanzaa just seems like they're ripping everybody else off. I mean, they talk about how they, they want to be differentiated from the North. This is Ronald McKinley Everett who started Kwanzaa. He is still alive. Oh, that's the so guy I got to go after. He's got a new name, but I can't pronounce is, it. Is so. it like a Muslim name of some type? or? Uh, yeah, sort of, All to right. an extent. I, I can't even. Uh, Maluna Karenga. Okay, here, here, here's the problem. Maluana, Maluana, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, they wanted a holiday of their own that didn't conform. <laughs> the worst episode we've did, ever done. That didn't conform to social norms. Yet they right. totally copied the two holidays that are of the social norms. I don't understand. We don't want to go too far off, you know. I mean, if if you're gonna call, we already had sweaters. We already had green sweaters. We don't want to get rid of all of them. Like, I mean, jeez. If I knew all new sweaters. If you're gonna carve your own path, buy your own shovel. You know what I'm saying? I mean, geez, it, it, they're copying the colors and the traditions of the two holidays they're trying to get away from. I, I just, I, I don't understand it. Um, Dragon Gate, Final Gate. Match of the Year. You didn't even talk about Match oh, of the Year. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're doing Match of the Year. <laughs> this is the so, worst uh, show. We have. I am officially declaring this the worst show. Well, we you ever. know this is going to get, like, ridiculous. Per- it's going to get even more ridiculous. Whenever, whenever we have a show that we think yeah. is terrible, people seem to love it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is the holiday. We're redubbing this. No one can like this. There's no. Th- you, th- be honest with me. There's no way anybody they can, can like, like this. this. They the, I don't know. I they like our personalities. I don't know why. I, mean, I think we have terrible. I guarantee you, people learned a lot about Kwanzaa. They learned nothing about Three Kings Day, but they learned a lot about Kwanzaa. Well, I need to learn about Three. I, I, I can't. I can't possibly be an expert of Three Kings Day when I don't know myself. Well, have the so. producer look up Three Kings Day as I talk us through. The okay. Voice right. the Wrestling Match of the Year ballot. Uh, yeah, this will be the third year that we're doing the Voice of the Wrestling Match of the Year ballot. This, uh, you know, as the site grows, as our as our profile increases, as we gain more Twitter followers, as people as more people become uh, familiar, as more we get more listeners to this show, which are quickly dwindling by the minute with the Kwanzaa talk. <laughs> yeah, today. Um, usually on a normal day, we get pretty good numbers. Yeah. The, 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 but today, no, no. Today is going to be bad. The poll is That's growing good. and it continues to grow. I'm going to send out close to triple the number of ballots that I sent out last year. Now the ballots go out to uh, pro wrestling journalists, pro wrestling writers, pro wrestling podcasters, radio hosts, people with blogs, people with pro wrestling websites, anybody who comes into our radar, who has something to plug because the purpose of the match of the year poll is twofold. Number one, it's a match of the year poll. And, and I think it's, um, you know, with, with all due respect to all to other match of the year polls, um, that are out there, including, you know, the observer with, with their, with their top three and their year end awards and, and, and some other places that do match of the year stuff. Um, ours being a top 10 and, and, um, and ours with, uh, I mean, we listed 100 last year and honorable mentions. Like, list we, list, we list everything and, that we get votes for. Yeah, yeah I, I think the idea is to be inclusive to 
all types of wrestling, all styles of wrestling. <laughs> we tried to. That wasn't an insult. Which is, which is hilarious was, given our uh, that was recent not a Kwanzaa. shot at Kwanzaa. Okay. Well, I was going to say, okay. we're like, you know, we, we, we are including everybody, but not, you know, all those stupid holidays. Screw those. But, you know, I get it. Go ahead. I got a lot of beef with Kwanzaa. I just, I, I'm reading off about Three Kings Day. This doesn't make any sense. Okay, to me so anyway, uh, we'll get to Three Kings Day. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I, okay, go ahead. The idea is, I, I, I send. I'm in charge of the ballots and uh, sending out the ballots, and I, 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 I really work hard and try to find a, a very diverse group of, uh, of voters. Now, they all don't respond. I mean, because believe me, I send these things to everybody. If there's somebody who, you know, I, I don't like to name anyone specifically because then if they don't participate, I don't want people to think that they're assholes. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to throw a name out there and, and you know, I'm not going to throw. But, but believe me, everyone who writes the newsletters that everyone is aware of and everyone who runs the websites that everyone is aware of and all the popular podcasts that everyone is aware of, all of these people are getting ballots and uh, all any journal you know any journalist that's, that that comes across our radar is getting a ballot and uh, any uh, promotion specific blogs that are out there all of those people get ballots and 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 you know and 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 you know last year a lot of people you know I got emails back from people saying wow you know this is something I would love to participate in I didn't know you guys do this I am ill prepared uh i do not have the time to put in the work but send me another one next year so i do expect not only because i'm sending out triple the number of ballots but just based on the response we had last year right and based on the fact that we had more people contribute to voices of wrestling alone this year than we had total people who contributed ballots last year. <laughs> right. so if we ju- if we only get our voices of wrestling contributors we'll, we'll have more ballots than we had last year and obviously we expect to get you know you know you know, way more than that because there's a ton right. of people who are amped up for this thing. So um, we had 25 participants last year. I would, I would, if we didn't at least double that, I'd be very. Yeah, no, I think double easy. I, I, I'm sort of targeting triple, to be honest. I really am. I really do think a lot of people, I mean, we've just grown. I mean, we've grown in the past year tremendously. I mean, you, you look at all the numbers that we've done. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm gunning for, ch- I mean, that, that might be a bit ridiculous, but easily double, I think. Double, it, double, it double, easily obtainable, I Double think. is an easy bar to clear. I'm looking at the list of names now, and I kind of have asterisks next to the ones who I am 99% certain are going to participate, and it will be over double easily. Okay. Uh, triple is attainable, but it'll be, triple, I think, is a good goal. So we're, our goal is to get 75 people to participate. Anything over 75, and, and that's a lot of people, especially since we're limiting this to people who, you know, uh, our media types. Um, right. So now what, what I, I, I did, we recorded for uh, the Dr. Keith show last week for a show that has not aired yet, which we cannot give the details of, or Alan will kill us. Yes. But it's under wraps. We won't give it's the, part of his Christmas. It's special. part of one of his Christmas specials. We won't give the details of what the show is about. It's a wacky concept. That's either going to sink, like, <laughs> sink like the Titanic or be a, a massive success that people are going to either be as bad as this show or as good as our normal. Yeah. Shows, it can so. go either way. But the fact is, you know, I, 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 I plugged the vo- uh, the the match of the year poll stuff on his show, uh, which will air next week, and I'm going to say the same thing here that I said there. If there's anybody who has a blog, a radio show, a podcast, um, uh, you write a newsletter, you, anything, you you you're involved, you have something to plug. If you have something to plug that's wrestling related, and you don't get a ballot from me. Uh, either via Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter, I'm going to send you a DM. If I have your email, I might send you an email, uh, private messages on message boards. Keep an eye on everything. If you don't get a ballot by December 31st, 
contact us on the Voices of Wrestling contact page. Tell me what, because I listen. I, I'm not aware of everything that's out there. You know, I've you know, it, it, let me know what you're, where you're from, what website or podcast or radio show you're from, and we'll send you a ballot. We want to include as many people as possible, right. as long as you have something to plug, because that's the other end of this. Besides wanting to put together the most comprehensive list of the best matches of the year every year, besides eventually wanting to be the go-to list when people uh, uh, try to look up uh, the match of the year every year, we want to be that list, the preeminent list, the most important list of the greatest matches each year. Besides that end of it, the other end of it is we want to expose everybody to all the cool shit that everybody else has going on. Okay, so that's the other end of this. We want you guys to plug your stuff. Yeah, it's a big community. We're trying to, you know, turn this into a big community affair where where the whole wrestling internet world can come together. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, that's really the goal. We want people to to discover the wrestling culture podcast. We want people to discover PW Ponderings and their website. We, the Cube Circle newsletter is one that that I know some people said, "Oh wow, I didn't know they were doing this." And yeah. I said, "Yeah, they do great work over there." Exactly. Yeah. Ryan Ryan Clingman last yeah. year participated, and we, we we hopefully expose some new eyes to what he's doing with the Cube Circle. Anything. So, yeah, uh, you know, podcast. Uh, blogs, radio shows. We want to expose people to everything that's out there. And believe me, I send these ballots to people who I know for a fact hate me. <laughs> okay, they, I, I send it to everybody, people who hate me, people who I don't even like. There's only one person who I refuse to send a ballot to. And I'm not going to name them by name, but if you've, list, <laughs> if you've listened to this show for a long time, actually, they're going to think it's one of two people. But it's, 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 I'm not even sure Rich is sure. <laughs> There's only one person I would never send one to because I think the person is a complete piece of shit and a horrible person, and that person will never get one. But aside, is it our initial initials JS, right? No, it's the other, oh. it's the other guy. So, huh? But, but that person now I don't know who the other guy. Yeah, you do. But that person would have never ever participated anyway. So it's it's it would have been pointless sending. BS. Uh. Just stop throwing initials out there. I'll tell you later. But anyway, okay. everyone else, everyone else is, is hip to this, Rich. They're all no, – Snowden's going to Snowden's gonna ballot, huh? They're all huh. screaming all right. it at their radio. But this person was <laughs> never going to participate anyway. But uh, as far as that goes, everyone else who hates me and everyone else who, 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 who we presumably don't get along, they all get one. It's up to them whether to participate or not. You know, so hopefully um, – but I don't know why we just drifted into the negative. I guess just because yeah, I'm fired up about Quanta. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so you know, you'd be, you'd be surprised. I even you – know, I, I found contact information. I really dug deep this year and, and some people who have kind of been off the scene for a while. But who people, I mean I found a lot of names. There's a lot of ballots going out. So um, the ballots are going to start going out this weekend. Don't panic if you don't get one right away. Um, it's kind of a process. Uh, I kind of do them in waves, and you know, I I, I don't know if I'm going to do the Twitter people first and then the email because I do everybody a different way. Not everybody follows us back, so I can't DM everybody on Twitter. Mm -hmm. We can't send the ballot publicly because then anybody can open the link and fill it out. So that's why it has to be sent privately to everyone. So um, don't panic. If you don't get it by New Year's Eve, if you wake up on New Year's Day hungover and you check your emails and your DMs and you still don't have one, hit us up on the contact page. Yep. Tell us what your project is. Tell us what website you're from, and I will very gladly send one out to you unless you're that one specific person who is who <laughs> might be the one person on the face of the planet who I genuinely don't like as a human being. That person is never going to – and they, they would have – I'm really racking my and, brain. And, and, I really yeah. – Jesus, Rich, do I have to type it into the little Skype gimmick here? You kind of do, okay, yeah. Because there's somebody that I know that you so, hate, Will you please look I, at the I screen? Will you please look at the okay. screen? All right, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you not feel like it's yeah. dope? 
I mean, yeah, I do. Right. Well, so, you know, they, they, you know, you really don't like Jonathan Snowden either. So that's what I thought. Jonathan, I listen, I don't get along with Jonathan Snowden at all. He's the one and only person that we've blocked on the Twitter feed because I don't get along. <laughs> that's with why him. I thought. That's why I thought it was. But him. he's getting one. And, okay. Well, then and, there we go. Okay. And he probably right. won't fill one out, but I'll send him one. I don't. I don't care that I don't okay. personally. I, I don't hate him as a human being. Yeah. I okay. just don't I, get along I, yeah, with him no. because he's been an internet troll for twenty years. He's aware that he's an internet troll, and <laughs> I don't have time for Jonathan Snowden's bullshit at this point in my life anymore. So I just Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas to Jonathan, or Happy Hanukkah, <laughs> whatever the hell he does. I, I don't know what he does. If it's Kwanzaa, Happy Kwanzaa to Jonathan Snowden. Mazel Tov, Jonathan Snowden. Whatever. Uh, you know, good for you, but I just don't, I, I, just people, everyone doesn't get on, but he's not the guy, the guy I just typed into yep, your I got screen it. Okay. there is the guy. Yep. Okay. Right, makes sense. That's the only person on the face of the planet <laughs> who I can honestly say I hate. Hate's a strong word, Rich. I, yeah, I don't hate many people in this world. I really, I really, really don't. hate that human being. Like if I, if I saw that person in real life, I don't think I could stay in the same room as that human being. And there's a possibility that I may be in the same room as that person one day. There's a lot of mutual acquaintances there. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't think that I could be in the same room as that person. I have that, that strong of a dis- – I think this person is such a fraud as a human being that I can't be in the same room as that person. And I really don't feel that way about anybody else. So anyway, I, how do we get off on this? Because, I have no idea. You know idea. why? Because you couldn't read between the lines. and that, isn't that, isn't I was trying. I'm an idiot. You know I'm an idiot. obvious so. though, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, in retrospect, yeah. Okay. So anyway, match of the year poll. Um, yeah, so, you know, by December 31st, and then uh, we hope to have it out by – we haven't really set a firm deadline for the returns of the ballots, but the articles uh, will start hitting uh, – you know, we, we send them out in pieces, probably the last week in January or whatever week isn't the Royal Rumble week. We don't know yet. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right. Well, we'll get to it either, either way. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into those. If you remember our last year's why I, I, I put in the blurbs that because, because if, when you get your form for people that are getting it, what will happen is you'll get, you'll get your matches. If you haven't done, it. if you did it last year, it's going to be a very similar format. But essentially what I do is I, the form that's created has you put, it says match number one, match number two, match number three, you know, and so on and so forth. We have you put a little blurb too. Cause I think those blurbs are very important. Cause I know there were a lot of people, there were some people that didn't fill those out. And I want to stress, this year how important those are because that's what makes up the body of these different articles what i do then is i don't add my opinion at any of these unless i wrote that blurb or whatever i might put that in but what i do is i, I let you say why you like this match so what i'll do is i'll say number 75 is you know blank blank versus blank blank or whatever and then i have everybody that, that voted for that or everybody that put it high enough you know who, whoever had the highest ranking for it or whatever i put your what you said about that match because again as joe said it's not about you and i like this is really not us this is not our match of the year at all. Like we could, we could very easily, if we wanted to, say, "Here's our top ten matches of the year." At the end, we're done. Nobody cares. I mean, what, our point is to have everybody and to have this definite, this inclusive, you know, sort of. Every, we want people to get their name out. We want people to say, "Huh, Ryan Klingman. Oh, what did he have to think about this match?" Or, you know, I don't know who he is, but let me check out this. You know, he has a similar opinion to this match that I had. Let me check out his newsletter. I mean, that that's the point there. Yeah. So those are very, very important to fill out. I know it, it might take a little bit of extra work. We're not asking for seven paragraphs or whatever. But one or two lines about why you enjoyed it is all we need, and that's really what makes up the bulk of these stories when they do. That's come what out. gives it the flavor, you know. And 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 that's and, and and like you said, it's not about me and you. It's 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 about uh, a, a consensus from getting a wide variety of opinions, which is why I send these things to people who just cover women's wrestling, and why I send these things to people who are TNA bloggers who don't watch anything but TNA, and why I send a ballot to 
people who just specifically follow singular promotions and why I send these ballots right, Lucha, obviously, to people and... who, who strictly just watch Lucha and why I send these ballots to um, uh, Japanese people who, who just watch Puro who, who, who don't even speak English in some cases who get a ballot. You know, but I, I can't make people return them. Okay, that, that, I, that we don't have control over. But I can promise you that the ballots get sent to a very, very wide and diverse group of people. So, uh, yeah, so that, that'll be that. And everyone seemed to really like it last year. Th- those articles still sometimes pop oh, yeah. in, among our top 10 viewed pages on the site still, and they're a year old. So, and what it really does is it exposes people to a lot of different wrestling that they didn't even, that they weren't aware of or that matches that they hadn't seen. And, 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 and that's a, a, another cool part of it because maybe it exposes you to a promotion that you think is really cool that you never would have discovered, uh, you know, without that. So, and last year, the cool story, remember the, uh, the Hechicero versus Charles Lucero yeah, match, yeah. which finished 11th. 11th. Yeah. We had a, uh, I forget who it was now, but we had a, uh, I think it was Cubs fan. I think it was Lucha blog. Was it that did it? I'm almost positive. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Well, you know where I'm going with this. Then there's somebody said yeah. that there was a, a, oh yeah, but I know. But the the journalist, there was a journalist. Oh right, yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry. There was a journalist in Mexico who came across our match of the year article and saw that that relatively obscure lucha match had finished 11th out of you know 100 and whatever 150 matches or whatever it was that had received votes, and he showed it to to Lucero. And said, hey, you know, you finished 11th in this American poll. I just thought you'd like to know. And the, Charles Lucero <laughs> got insulted because he thought the guy was fucking with him. And he wanted to fight the guy as the story was told. And the guy, because he, you know, in Mexico, the culture is a little different. And when they have like match of the year polls and things of that nature, it's always just the biggest stars that finish at the top. Because in Mexico, mm-hmm. it's still kind of like there's more kayfabe still and the biggest you know it, it's like if you're the biggest star naturally you're in the most they're not viewing it less as art and more as a kayfabe the biggest stars are naturally in the quote-unquote best matches if that makes any sense i don't know if that's, yeah, absolutely. that's how it was explained to us so he thought this guy was fucking with him because he, it's not like work rate based like we would say like that that like andre the giant hulk hogan would be uh, you know a match of the year or whatever because it's the biggest match of the year you, you know correct and this yeah. match that he had versus hester Cero in front of 200 people in, in some little you know in monterey in the middle of, you know for, for for an indie group he thought the guy was fucking with him but then when the guy explained it to him and and, and showed him the article he calmed down and he had a huge smile. He couldn't believe that this American-based website with all of these, you know, WWE and New Japan, that his little match in Monterey yeah. was was held in the same regard as all these world-famous matches that were held in WWE on Monday Night Raw in the fucking Tokyo Dome. Right, yeah, in, in front of it. WrestleMania in front of, you know, 60,000 people. Yeah, yeah and, and the guy, it was, that once he understood the context, was thrilled. So I, to me, that was an amazing story of the reach yeah. that, it, that, that this thing had last year, and I hope that it, that it keeps on growing. And um, I expect that it will. So, uh, yeah, that's the match of the year poll and, and match of the year season should be kicking off one note. And it will be made very clear on the ballots. 
we're switching, we're getting away from the observer calendar. We're switching to a January to December traditional calendar. So this year and this year only is a 13 month calendar. The voting period runs from December 1st, 2013 to December 31st, 2014 to include last December, which wasn't included in last year's poll since we had used the observer calendar the first two right. years. So there'll be a 13 month calendar this year to get a straight. And then every year, uh, every following year is just going to be a regular January to December calendar. Absolutely. And, and one other note as well for voters, and, and it'll be made clear as well, but there's there's extra importance on who you put as first place. We use the, uh, the, the Baseball Writers Association of America, their MVP voting, which the first place uh, gets 14 points. So not, not just a straight 10. So it can really sway a lot of stuff. So that's why I tell people it is very important. I mean, a lot of the other ones, I mean, the difference between seven and four is it, it, it's it, it's there if there's a bunch of votes, but it's not that big of a deal. But the difference between first and second is huge. So really, really take that serious of who's who's your your number one match. Your match is it's weighed it's heavier, very heavily. Yes, it's a heavier, very, very heavy. I mean, that that's a huge nine between nine and 14 is a huge yeah, it's five points. So it's a huge five right. point difference. So 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 make sure. And, and we did that. I thought that was a good idea that we did that because it, it puts more of an onus on. Not just having a random 10 and, and really being like, yeah, well, you know, here's 10 matches. I'd like to really, really think of what your best, your, your favorite match there. And that's hard for a lot of people. It, it was hard for me to, to, to decide which one I was going to really give that 14 points to. But I think that's a nice little touch. Yeah, you're, you're, it's, you're, it's fun. Your match of the year uh, should be giving should be given a heavier point emphasis than your second uh, favorite, especially your third, fourth and fifth favorite match of the year. Whereas if it was just a 10, 9, 8 and so on, you wouldn't right. have that 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 much of a there wouldn't be much of a difference between your first match and your fourth match. You know, it's it's now it's clear, you know, and and and, and what that also does, if, if there's a dominant this year, there's not going to be. But if there's a year where there's a dominant match of the year. Uh, that'll that'll show in the voting because you know those fourteen pointers are gonna are gonna pile up. But this is a year where it's wide open. I have no, I have no idea. I, yeah, I, I can't even clue what's gonna win this thing. I really don't. I mean, last year we sort of had ideas of, of mm -hmm. what the 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 few. I, I this can this is an amazing year in the terms of um. There's really no runaway. It's not that there hasn't been great matches. There has been. There's been too many. That's the problem. There's, is there's so many good ones. Yeah. A lot of great matches, and there just hasn't been that one match that has blown everything else out of the water. It's just, it's not there. I, I, I really, I, I if, if I were to guess what's going to win right now, I wouldn't be shocked if my guess finishes out of the top ten. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's that crazy of a year when it comes. Yeah, to, when I was trying to put together my my tentative list, and I, I do a big rewatch, uh, so so I have a list throughout the year, and I sort of and the list is huge. And then what I do is I go and rewatch a lot of those to say, okay, are, you know, are these going to make the other list, or are these the contenders, or whatever? Because throughout the year, I just kind of put a check mark. Okay, that was cool. I enjoyed that, or whatever. Go back, rewatch, and do all that sort of stuff. So I'm I'm coming back and I'm doing that, and I have a pretty big list now. I have probably you know twenty twenty five or whatever that I'm I'm left with here. Even out of those, like I I could honestly honestly see and, and i'm not saying that my list is like gospel or whatever i can see at least 15 of the ones that i have on my tentative list winning the whole thing and i could see like you said those same 15 not being in the top 10 i could see my entire top 10 not being in the tie like it's just unbelievable how much diversity there is this year and a lot of it the g1 obviously helped um WWE had a real good beginning of the year. You know, there's a lot of good Lucha stuff. There's a lot of good independent stuff, too. There's there's a lot that I know are popping up on other people's lists or whatever that, like, that, that are a lot of fun. I mean, we're getting so much more access this year to tape, to, to, to videos, to all this sort of stuff that more than even last year, I think there's so much more of a diverse you know, more people are watching, you know, a PWG. I mean, obviously Ring of Honor's had more, you know, established 
you know, television this year and more established video. And so it's just, it's super interesting because I really, I can't handicap this last year. I kind of had an idea that the Okada Tanahashi, one of them was going to win. I, it was the, the big debate for me last year was which of those was going to win. Right. And it ended up being, I think it was, um, I just... uh, was it the, the King of Pro Wrestling one and Innovation Attack. I, I forget which one did actually, because it was those, one, those were one and two. I don't, I... yeah, one of the King of, I, I don't even, that's, I honestly up. don't remember if it was. It was one of the two. It was King of Pro Wrestling or Invasion Attack or whatever. That was my debate is which of those two. This year, I have no idea. I don't know who I'm voting for, number one. I think – That's going to be the hardest I, I, part for me. Here's the thing. I, the favorite is probably Styles versus Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think it's any kind of a lock to win? No. But I, 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 if, if I had to handicap a favorite, uh, that's what I – But here's the thing. G1 being so ridiculously great helps everything else. Because because the G1 was so good and had something like, on average, by the people who rated every show, you know, twenty five plus four star matches. Or yeah, it was it was ridiculous. I forgot and I had the numbers. Conservative because it's... between me and Brian Rose, I think it was like thirty five over thirty five four star matches or better, and I think Meltzer had something like twenty eight or something like that, and um the the. Uh, the um, live audio wrestling guys had a, a number in that range as well. I mean, it, it, you know, that helps everything else because a lot of those matches just they all blend together and, and you forget about them because there were so, so many of them were so good. So I, that kind of helps everything else, in my opinion, because sometimes voters might say, yeah, you know what? I've got two or three G1 matches in here already. I'm going to sprinkle up my list and try to be a little more diverse. You know what I mean? Right. And, and instead of just making this a list of eight G1 matches and, you know, you know, because, you, you, you know, people want to try to be diverse, you know? So I think it actually helps in a way. Now I'm trying to look up last year. Let's see. Number one last year. Let's see. I thought it was the King of Pro Wrestling, but I, I could be wrong. I think so. But, uh, but I mean, there's a lot of, you know, the style Suzuki, I think would be a favorite, I think uh, I think Atlantis and Ultimo Guerrero is gonna get is gonna do very very mm-hmm. well because if you especially if you consider the post match stuff which, I mean in my opinion there's no reason not to to me it's part, yeah, I do. to me I that's do. part of the match, um you know it's you know you know you know especially when it's a, a mask versus mask match like that you don't just turn it off as soon as the you know the third fall is over the the aftermath is a huge part of a match like that and that was a very emotional and dramatic aftermath so i think that match will do very well um there's obviously a ton of other stuff um just about every new japan pay-per-view had a match at a year contender i don't know if they mess this you know so let's see yeah the uh Riveting, riveting live rating. I know this is unbelievable. It's good stuff we got going here. You, so. you know what you pulled? You pulled the old uprox gimmick of making people click 19 pages <laughs> to get to the. Uh, you pulled the old Brandon Stroud here yeah. to read my 700 word raw review. You have to go through nine pages of ads. <laughs> uh, that's kind of what you pulled here. Uh, to get to the number one match, get those clicks gotta get those clicks, Joe. Yeah, so actually, the, reason, the bills, the reason you did that was because, um, they would have been massive, they yeah. were gigantic. With, with, <laughs> gigantic. All of the, with all of the blurbs and the videos, because we put videos of the matches too when right. applicable and when legal and all that, so or even when illegal, actually. Uh, who are we kidding? Um, so you know, you get you, these pages would, like you said, these pages would have taken forever to load up. You know, we're being friendly to our 56k brethren out there. Does anybody still right, exactly. use 56k? Um, I can't imagine. But is anyone still on Earthlink or uh, <laughs> are they using uh, the free AOL discs? Do those still come in the mail? Um, 
Uh, believe it or not, I, I had a, uh, I, I do uh, occasionally. I used to. I, I don't do it anymore because it's horrible. I, I, I was doing freelance web design for a while. Yeah. And I had this one client that I kept. I, I was designing their site or whatever, and and I kept getting emails back. The site's not working. The site's not working. It, it looks completely broken. Like this thing's here. This thing's over here. And I'm like, all right, I, I have no idea. So I tried every different browser. I stripped the website down. I rebuilt it. I'm like, I have no idea. I, I tried your thing on, on on Safari, Chrome, all this. I have no idea what you're seeing or why you're seeing that. I asked. So so what what web you know browser are you using or whatever? And they're like, oh, I, I don't know. And I'm like, well, just can you take a screenshot just so I can get an idea of, of what you're using? Because I, I, I can't tell you. Like, I don't know how you don't know that or whatever. So the screenshot comes back. I had to explain how to take a screenshot. They were using the actual AOL browser. Like, wow. Like, the, like I, I don't even know how that's active. And then I had to explain to them, yes, your website's not going to work on that because it hasn't been updated since 2003. So Wow, the AOL browser. I was I, – I could not believe it. And then so I said, well – you know, I'm not going to like make your website work in the AOL browser. Cause that's like 0.1% of the population. Like the same amount of people that celebrate Kwanzaa own, you know, are still yeah, using yeah, the yeah, AOL yeah. browser or whatever. Or you know? And he said, no, I want it to work on my computer. Well, uh, you're right. You're so I, I stripped the website down. And I said, there you go. It works on your computer. Buy, pay me and never talk to me again. And there we go. So unbelievable. And now I don't do freelance web work. So it was invasion attack by the way. Okay. Okay. So it was invasion. Okay. King of pro wrestling finished second. And then uh, the third place match was uh, Daniel Bryan versus John Cena from SummerSlam. Fourth place was Shibata versus Ishii from G1. Man, you know, there were, I think there were more higher level match of the year caliber matches last year. This year is just a log jam. I, I'm not sure that any match this year would have won last year. Well, maybe, maybe you know what? We may be sleeping on Styles versus Suzuki. I think that's going to win. It was really good. Yeah, it, it was. It was very, very. Yeah, I, I, number five was it, uh, Nakamura versus Ibushi. By the way, so we are a little low. I will admit, we're a little low on those like epic, epic good matches. You know what I mean? Where Styles and a, 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 and Suzuki was great when when it actually, but going into it, nobody thought it was going to be. You, you know what I mean? Whereas as both those those. Tanahashi Okada matches we knew going in like this is a big deal I think we got that a little bit with like Okada and Nakamura but that match was that match is good that's another one that's really good it's on my short list or whatever but that was one that had a big I mean there's not really as many of those epic big you know going in we knew this was going to be a big match like Dan O'Brien John Cena was that way as well Okada I don't know if we've had that as much Okada Nakamura is going to no doubt be in my top 10 because Mm -hmm. that finish was just savage the way Okada finished him off Oh yeah, with, with the, the, the two rain five makers. rainmakers or whatever. Yeah, and or then whatever the and there was another spot in that match where Nakamura. Uh, remember when he uh, when he counted the rainmaker into an armbar? Yeah, arm I mean, that was just a fit, sensational match. I mean, I, I don't know if it'll be my number one. It probably won't be, but it'll easily be in my top ten, and probably my. And also because of the significance of it, you know, this, you know, those guys. It's not like they, you know, they they protected that match for a long time, and then it was very controversial. That they did that as the G1 final instead of saving it for the Tokyo Dome. Right. But in a nice segue, Rich, as we found out, you really can't rip – no one can really rip the decision now to go with Tanahashi and Okada as the main event of the Tokyo Dome this year based on the news we got of the, uh, the early returns on the ticket sales. Yeah, so the ticket sales are doing real well, and this was a note in the Observer right now, and I'll, I'll kind of read it kind of word for word for what uh, what, what Dave put in there. Um, he says the advance for the Tokyo Dome was 50% ahead of what uh, of the same period last year, and the most tickets sold for a New Japan Dome show 
uh, this far in advance since the All Japan versus New Japan uh, Kawada Sasaki feud, which was huge. I mean, that was a, a huge deal. Um, and then he kind of puts in a few newer notes here. Uh, the last pro wrestling sellout of the Tokyo Dome uh, was the 2005 Noah show with uh, Misawa versus Kawada and Kenta Kobashi versus Sasaki double main event. And then the last pure, <clears throat> sorry, the last New Japan sellout uh, was 2002, which was Yuji Nagata versus uh, Junakiyama. So it's been 2002 since New Japan has, has sold out the Tokyo Dome, 2005 since any wrestling show has uh, is sold out the Tokyo Dome, and currently New Japan is 50% ahead in advanced ticket sales compared to what they were last Now that year. doesn't so, mean they're going to sell it out. No, no, and no. And I, yeah. I still don't think they're going to sell it out. But um, you know, my projection was last year they had 35,000 paid. Yeah. Okay? That was re- widely reported in several different places. And Hito, Dave Meltzer um, – uh, wherever, um, wherever that uh, what I'm sorry, that New Japan site that uh, Striga runs. I oh wait, let, let's plug it properly. Oh, cage match, cage match. No, not even cage, cage match. match. Uh, the New Japan. Um, uh, 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 per, why am I drawing a oh, Parisu fan? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah. Um, everyone at thirty-five thousand is the paid number. So, um, you know, the wrestlers like we had Lance Hoyt telling us on Twitter as they look, man, there was over 40,000 in there. That's what they were telling. I don't deny that there probably were over 40,000 people in the building, but the paid number last year, pretty much across the board, was 35,000. Mm-hmm. So my projection this year was that they would do 40,000 paid and and once again, have growth for, I guess, what would be what the fourth or fifth straight year? Uh, uh, I believe so. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to fire that up right fourth now. Fourth or fifth straight uh, year in terms of paid attendance, but um, they're going to blow away forty thousand. It looks like if they're fifty percent ahead of last year's pace, and you know we're still several weeks out from the show. I mean, there is a chance they could sell it out. Um, you know, either way, it, it goes back to my original point, and kind of when they announced the match, kind of how I said, look, you know it makes a ton of sense to do this match again because they haven't done it in what will amount to a year and a half. By the time they get in the ring, the biggest money match they have is Tanahashi versus Okada. I mean, I think there's, there's, and, and this, and, and this backs it up. Um, you know, it may not be the match that, um, that, that, that sets a lot of people's worlds on fire in terms of something that's fresh or things that people haven't seen for the super hardcore, but you know, it's it's a lot like the WWE sometimes. You know, you're not marketing for the super hardcore. You're you're that's not who's gonna fill up the Tokyo Dome. You have to market uh, to a wider net, and that was their biggest money match. And the early returns on the ticket sales are bearing that out. Uh, yeah, here I got the Tokyo Dome for you right now. If you wanted to see, so 2000, uh, the low point was uh, 2011. Uh, they had 18,000. Uh, 2012, they had 23. 2013, 29. And then last year, as you mentioned, uh, 35,000. So this would this will be the fourth straight year of uh, of positive growth in terms of paid yeah. attendance in the Tokyo Dome. So. Yeah, well, actually, at the, low, the low point was actually 16,000 for the old uh, Lesnar-Fujita-Chono <laughs> match in 2005. Then it came up to 31,000 in 2006, uh, back down to 18,000 in 2007, 20,000 in 2008, uh, 27,000 in 2009, and then, you know, as I mentioned, 20,000 in, in 2010, and then the, the one dimension before. So this this would be uh, – so last year was the last 30,000 one since 2006, and uh, the high point uh, looks like it was 52,000 in 2005, and that was the – um, a pretty big one as well. No, 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 no. They, oh, sorry, that's Noah. That's Noah. I'm sorry. No, and, and there have been shows that have done uh, 60. They've, they've, you know, in the, if you go back to the 90s. 
Oh yeah, right, right, right. I, I was I was sticking with the two thousand. Oh, you're sticking yeah. recent history. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted. Yeah, because oh, obviously. Fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, you know, um, they're gonna do a monster gate. I mean, this thing is gonna be enormous. And then, um, you know, you throw in the fact that they're airing on pay per view in the United States, a global force thing, which, um, quite honestly, I think is gonna bomb. Yeah, more and more, it's yeah, especially with the New Japan world, it's uh, yeah, it's. I think New Japan world (laughs) is 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 cutting off their no. Here's the thing. I didn't think it was going to do massive numbers anyway. So if you're if you're if you're looking at doing ten thousand buys, if you lose fifteen hundred of them to New Japan World, that's a healthy percentage of those buys. Mm -hmm. And you know, I would think they're going to lose upwards of at least four figures to people who are going to pay eight dollars for the thing instead of thirty five. I don't know. Look, I, I agree that Jim Ross is a draw. I don't think he's that much of a draw. And I think that Matt Stryker is kind of an anti-draw. People hate Matt Stryker. Um, personally, I think he'll do fine. I mean, I'm not someone who hates Matt Stryker, though. I, I, he doesn't bother me. In fact, sometimes I really like his work. I thought he was really good uh, in the beginnings of Lucha Underground. I agree that he's gotten progressively worse. Um, I still don't think that him and Vampiro are are like awful. Like people say, I, I, I just think that they're, they're there and they're okay. And they're not any worse than the other horrible wrestling announcing that we get. But I think Matt Stryker is a guy who will do his homework yeah. and he'll be excited about doing the show. Um, I know for a fact, Jim Ross is a guy who's going to do it. Everyone knows Jim Ross is going to work hard and be prepared. So, um, but, but I, you know, and, and while I do think Ross is a draw and the show will do more with Ross calling it than it would have with anybody else calling it, they are going to lose probably around ten to fifteen percent of their buys. I, to, 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 I mean that that's that's what I would think. I I didn't think they were going to do much more than ten. I think ten thousand is a healthy estimate anyway. I think that's being overly optimistic. Ten thousand, um, but I mean we'll see. I, I'm I just I get the feeling it's not going to do all that well, and I get the feeling that Jeff Jarrett's going to be out of the New Japan pay per view game, um, you know, very quickly after one show. Yeah, and I, I was I was fairly confident in, in its ability to draw prior to the New Japan World, but once you get that, and once you put that price point on there for nine, because because I think there was a decent amount of kind of casual fans, and 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 I was probably in that boat as well, where where look, you know, if the if the choices are you know jump through hoops through Nico Nico to order it and 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 not know if your credit card is going to get taken and and have you know less than stellar quality or obviously right on your pay-per-view remote for a, a, you know, a relatively similar price or whatever. I mean, a little bit higher, obviously, but, but the ease of just ordering on your remote, you're getting Jim Ross, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That, that's, that was very appealing to me, but now when you make it 999 and you make it as easy, I mean, I'm already signed up for new Japan world. I'm ready to go. All I need to do is wake up on that day and click play like that. That's I'm done. I'm yeah. already there and it's 999 and I've already paid for it. Like now, I mean, now there's, I mean, there's really the hardcores don't have a hook. The only people now that have any amount of hook. And that, and that was my biggest point at the beginning was it was going to be, I don't think every little hardcore was going to, going to order it, but I think you were going to get a decent amount of the hardcores. The point was to get some of the casuals. Now you might get some of the casuals, but they weren't the big part. But are you getting, are that. you getting 10,000? Oh, hell no. Getting, no. Ten, God, are no, you getting no. 10,000 casual first time viewers who are, going to, no, no, who no. are going to order this to see what all the fuss is about, about this new Japan stuff, just because new, Jim Ross is calling it. I find it hard to believe. If this show does 10,000 buys, okay, we know New Japan is the the number two promotion in the world, but if they do 10,000 pay-per-view buys in the United States again, they're number number two promotion in the United States. Who else is doing 10,000 pay-per-view buys? Right. 
I mean, they, they, that would make them the number two promotion in the United States without. Yeah, Ring of Honor got those for their, their, their I think their first uh, pay per view, but have since, yeah, that's dropped off. I mean, without ever being on TV. You know, Ring of Honor has national TV. New Japan isn't even on TV yet. If they do 10,000 buys, that'd make them number. I, I can't buy that. I, I just don't see it. Where, who are these 10,000 people who are, who are going to buy that show? I, I, where are they coming from? I mean, I, listen, I would love for them to do 20,000 buys. I just, I want, you know, wrestling to be healthy. I want all of wrestling to be as healthy as possible. I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't, I don't, I don't see how the show, I don't, I don't know if it'll necessarily be a disaster, but I, I can't see it being a raging success. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, and again, even if it's successful, the word now is that the next one would be the G1 final. So it wouldn't, it right. wouldn't be all of these pay-per-views that they're going to do, which is smart. Because I think if you start doing new beginning and, you know, you know, monthly show, you're going to saturate it. Yeah. It's yeah gonna be. The novelty is going to wear off and, 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 and all that. And plus you have to, what are you going to pay Jim Ross, whatever exorbitant fee he's charging every month? I mean, they've got a, you know, global force obviously has a budget too. Um, you know, Ross was talking about that the other day when he was on busted open, he's saying, look, you know, there's a lot of people. I, I had a short list of people I wanted to call this show, but budgets got in the way with some of them. Yeah. And then actually Meltzer had a follow up in the observer. It looks like that's why Mauro Ronaldo isn't doing it mm-hmm. because it specifically cited the budget in his case. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it, so, I mean, you know, it, it's, if, if that's the case and they're and global forces running on that strict of a budget, if the show does a lukewarm number of buys, you can understand why they wouldn't do these monthly shows. That's just good business, um, you know. But we'll see. It's it's we we really don't know. I mean, we're basically just throwing darts in the dark here, trying to figure out how many buys it'll do. Um, the ten thousand is the number that's floating around where it would be considered a success. I just don't see how they get there, especially with New Japan World undercutting them like that. Yeah, I mean that's going to steal. How many? First of all. All right. If 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 new if 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 uh, Wrestle Kingdom on UStream was doing, I think the one year they did almost two thousand buys, and mm-hmm. then the next year they did like fifteen hundred buys or something like that, and then the numbers stopped coming out. How many people do you think, not non Japanese, have ordered New Japan World? Ah, if, if the UStream pay per views were doing a thousand, let's say, yeah, on um, it seems like there's a decent amount more. I, I would probably put that up. Two th- maybe between two and three thousand. I think it's more too because if you look on message boards and things, there's so, there's a lot of weird sort of auxiliary people yes, that, that have so ordered many it. That, people yeah. who have purchased New Japan World who don't watch modern New Japan, right? Because they weren't dealing with UStream, they weren't dealing with the Japanese commentary for whatever reason, but they hopped on this. Now I will say this: they're going to be gone in a month because right. just, once the novelty of once watching that the novelty wears off, you know, yeah. they're gone. If if the if the if the modern if the if the Tokyo Dome show doesn't hook them, they're going to be they might come back for January because they're going to see because they'll think that $8 is a good value for the Wrestle Kingdom show. But after that, same as WWE network, the novelty wears off and their history. So, a better question would be where do you think the New Japan subscriptions will settle at? I think it's going to settle around that thousand or fifteen hundred number. Yeah, I put about yeah, maybe like like twelve hundred. Uh, yeah, maybe it's like twelve hundred between twelve hundred and fifteen hundred is probably where I'd if put it. If you were buying New Japan pay per views on UStream, there's no reason not to subscribe to New Japan World. Right. So, and I doubt they've lost fans in the past. You know what I mean? There, I doubt there's any people that were like, "Well, I was buying all those, but now screw this." Nah, company. I mean, you the know, product you know, is just as hot as it always as it right. has been. You know, it's arguably getting hotter. So, you know, I, I would think that 
um, anyone who was ordering Ustream on it on, on even a semi-consistent basis is subscribing. I mean, there's there, there, there's no logical reason why you wouldn't. I mean, why were you paying um, 20 bucks for, for Dominion or whatever, but you're not willing to pay $8 for it? That just doesn't make any sense. Um, so, um, you know, Kadani had mentioned that he was overwhelmed by the number of international subscribers. But again, that number is going to drop like a stone. I mean, mm-hmm. just like the network. I mean, I, it's, 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 it's the same theory. I mean, um, I, you know, I would be willing to bet that, that beyond the first week, the number of, um, matches being watched has dropped dramatically on, on the service. I mean, we said it from, from the beginning, you know, just like we've been saying about the network, it's the, it's the current modern live product that's going to drive it. Right. Absolutely. So it, it, that's another, those first few days you get every single person going, Oh my God, look at this. Or, Oh my God, Fujinami versus, you know, Hulk Hogan. Oh my God. And then just like the WWE network, Oh my God, in your house, you know, <laughs> right. Seasons beatings. Oh my God. Like, and then, yeah, then now it's crickets. Like now, occasionally a few people in senior Lariota will watch an old, you know, event and nobody else does. Yeah. That, that, that'll happen. I mean, that, that's, and that's the biggest thing is, yeah, the original content is, is the key. It's been the key to the WWE network. And we, you know, we, we were screaming it initially when everybody was saying, well, wait for this and wait for this. And, and I think people are, are smarter now and know that, it, that that's what it is for new Japan world. That, that's all. I think what helps new Japan world um, is if new Japan keeps putting on these hot pay-per-views because every new Japan pay-per-view with the exception of world tag league is always a killer show. I mean, right, and at least worth watching. And they, uh, there's always two or three matches that are just mm-hmm. fucking sensational. Um, and aside from the first couple openers, there's nothing on the shows that's even average. Everything's above average or better once you start getting into the meat of the card. And every every show has like a match of the year contender, at least one or two. I mean, the shows are phenomenal. Um, so I think if the shows stay at that level and the shows are still uh, through in 2015, if the pay-per-views are just as good as they've been over the last three years or so, what really helps New Japan World is that word of mouth could, whereas the people who would never go buy a Ustream replay were going to be far more apt to go purchase New Japan World and say, you know what? People won't shut up about this new beginning show and how great it was and how it had three match of the year contenders. You know what? I'll pay eight bucks and give it a look. Right. And and I'll pay eight bucks, you know, for, for uh, you know, you know, stream people just were sketchy about it for whatever reason. You know, it, it's different. I think I think that helps New Japan World in a lot of ways. And then at that point, maybe they say, you know what, that show was really good and all these shows do get great. Maybe I'll just keep this thing. It's only eight bucks a month. You know, I just, you know, let's keep it going. So I think that helps New Japan World, the, the price point and the fact that it's it's that. WWE Network came first. People are familiar with this type of service now. Um, you know, so in that respect, it helps it. So um, so who knows? I think the Dome show is very important from that respect, too, though. If they have a blow-away Wrestle Kingdom show with all of these people who are watching New Japan for the first time on – even on New Japan World. Forget the, forget mm-hmm. the Global Force thing. All these people we're talking about who are probably going to be watching their first full New Japan pay-per-view, if they give another blow-away show, which they there's no reason they shouldn't because they always do, you know that that could help them tremendously in, in keeping some of those people even after the novelty of the old matches wears off. Yeah, certainly. And, and that's going to be the key is just continuing to have – I mean there might not be a bunch of stuff. There might not be but, – but you can't beat that value. It's the same thing I have with the WWE Network. I know there's people, oh, I'm getting rid of it and all this sort of stuff. You know what? Hey, I, I it, it's part of my job, but still, I mean, I would for nine ninety nine getting those pay per views. Like, you know, even if I was a, just a, a casual fan, just the idea that on a Sunday, if I have nothing going on and there's a pay per view, it's it's that easy to watch. Well, so I think here, that's but Rich, be- here, yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the difference. 
all of those fans who were maybe older fans from the Attitude Era or people who aren't hardcore fans who got the network for the novelty factor in the beginning, you know, they then saw that first right. or second pay-per-view, saw that it was shit, and there was nothing special about Exactly. It. No, I, I, I get what you're and saying. They, and, they, they, and they just – and then when the old footage novelty wore off, they let it go. They didn't rehook them. Right. They, they didn't rehook them. But I'm saying the New Japan yeah. world is – they have a much better chance of hooking people because the New Japan shows sure. are exponentially better than the WWE shows. It's not even close. I mean, Breaking they blow news away. here. <laughs> and they blow away the WWE to where it's not even comparable. I mean, you could take the best WWE show this year, which was probably, let's for the argument, say SummerSlam. I know okay. you, we agree on that, but there's some people who don't. Where would SummerSlam rank? Well, most of those people will not give me alternatives when I'm I mean, if you, pressed, if you but... stuck it with the New Japan shows this year, Oh it yeah, it'd be, it'd be like it'd be like the fifth best G one show, maybe. It, like. it might make the top ten. It might make the top five. I mean, but it's not even close to. The, I mean, it wouldn't make the top five. That'd be no. Probably not. I mean, not a chance. It, I, I mean, there's probably off the top of my head, there's two or three G one shows that were definitely better than something. Yeah. And then there's obviously at minimum two or three monthly pay per views that were better than. I mean, I think. It'd probably make it would on the outside of the top, the top five, ten, six, seven, it yeah, it'd be in the top, top ten. 10. But no other WWE show this year would even sniff a New Japan top ten in terms of pay per views. I don't care. Listen, well, I'll argue till I'm blue in the face about WrestleMania. If you want to throw WrestleMania in there, if you for some reason because you're out of your mind thought that was a great show, okay, throw that one in there too. But aside from SummerSlam and WrestleMania, there's nothing that would even sniff. It would make maybe not if you're counting all the G1 shows. I don't know if there's another, another WWE pay-per-view that would make New Japan's top 20. Because when you count, there was 12 G1 shows, and then one pay-per-view, there was like, what, 24, what you would call big pay-per-views for New Japan? Yeah, major shows, yeah. Something, um, like, something, 23, yeah. 24, something like that. They had one, no, more than that, because they had one every month, two new beginnings. Two new beginnings, two destructions. Two destructions. And, and 12, then 12 G1s, yeah. So... The only the only New Japan there might have been one or two G one shows that weren't quite up to snuff, and the World Tag League show, which was an average show. But let me tell you something: that average World Tag League show was still pretty fucking good. Blew TLC out of the water, and 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 I don't even think the the World Tag League show was any good. It was average. I have twenty nine major events. Yeah, aside this year, that's inclu- that's including there was like the strong style 42nd anniversary and the New Japan Cup. There were, there was a few kind of bad and that's kind of that's also kind of the ROH one. So I guess if you want to knock that down 28 then or uh, 27 rather. So I mean, how many WWE pay-per-views would crack a New Japan top 20? <laughs> now, may I may I mean on a, on a generous I would give you two. If you're really being generous about WrestleMania, I would give you two. 2013 is another story. You know, yeah, they were lo- loaded with good shows. Until, where, I mean, remember, we're the cheer- SummerSlam 2013 would probably be in the top three. I mean, it'd be yeah. High. It'd I be mean, very- you know, because remember, we're the cheerleaders, so you know, we, right. we have to. Clear. <laughs> no, we just spent the best. <laughs> Stop being so negative. It, Stop being so positive. It, <laughs> okay. Well. The thing about the New Japan thing is, people ignore when we bash New Japan incessantly. We have spent. 40-minute segments on this show over the course of this year bashing New Japan's booking, their repetitive yep. booking. The Bullet Club being uh, ruining main events, whatever you want to talk about. 
Um, yeah, we're 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 anti. We're the biggest anti bullet club. Guys we, yeah, exactly. There's no. I mean, one I'm the cheerleader. I'm the I'm the fucking. I'm the one who's stewing when I see people wearing bullet club. Shirts. You were the most anti bullet club person there is. I'm. I'm. Yeah, in- people were buying Joe I, at the last AEW show I was at. I, I don't care. You, if, if as I said, I, I find the thing funny. It, it 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 doesn't bother me or whatever. What I find fascinating about it though is. There were people that are wearing Bullet Club shirts, which is fine. Wear the Bullet Club shirt. It's cool logo, cool shirt. I don't care if that's your path into New Japan. Totally okay. They're buying comp DVDs of the Bullet Club. What in God's name is on that comp DVD? I didn't even know those existed. It was this year's comp DVD of the Bullet Club. Is that a legal thing or an illegal thing? It was illegal. No, it was illegal. It so was. Someone, I don't know who so it was. So someone made an illegal comp. It, it was being sold at the AEW show, and they said, yeah, the, you know, some guy, and he was like, yeah, I got the, you know, the, the 2014 Bullet Club comp DVD. And I was just like... What in the fuck is on that? So does it have TV? like? Does it have like Tomatonga Six Man's? Like what is on that I don't thing? Know. Like, what was the best Bullet Club match this year that didn't involve the? I guess if you want to watch the Young Bucks, but I mean I love the Young Bucks, but I mean you want to watch eight of those in a row? Um, the best Bullet Club matches were AJ Styles G One matches, right? Which weren't really Bullet Club matches because they were just straight wrestling matches. There were no Bullet Club shenanigans in any of those matches, right? Um, those were, maybe another good one would be Prince Devitt at, at Wrestle Kingdom when he kicked them out and said, "Go away! I want to do this on my own." The Devitt stuff early in the year, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, the AJ Styles G One stuff. Some of the Young Bucks Junior tag openers were really good. Uh, um, I can't wait to rip into that and watch some Gallows Guns and Gallows. That I tell you that the AJ Okada matches were good, not great. Yeah. Um, they were good, not great. Um, the one annoyed me with the, you know, the title change and. You know how I feel about the title change. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter what's on it because, like you said, it's just a hot brand. Look, and that's the thing. You're not a fan of the Bullet Club, but you get why they push them. No, I absolutely – no, no, no. I, that, that I just is, don't – That I is don't... a huge appeal to a – Oh, absolutely. Page. No, and I'm glad. Yeah. And that's that's why I meant like – and people sort of misconstrued this. So like they're supposed to be heels like da 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 or whatever. I, I totally understand. The re- my whole argument on the Bullet Club, I don't – I just don't get – I'm, I'm very curious what makes them cool to a lot of people. I know they are cool. I know they're super over. I just don't really quite understand what it is that that absolutely appeals. It's not a big deal. It's not. It's neither here nor there. No, well, it's people who. One of their biggest it's, acts. It's, it's it it annoys you because what hooked you about New Japan was the absence of North American style bullshit in the exactly. Wrestling. You're right. And that is what does appeal to the people who are into the bull club because they like uh, United States style bullshit in their wrestling, and that's fine. And and that's why they they're pushing the bullet club as hard as they do because they're trying to appeal to new markets. Um, and, and, you know, I was very vocal about thinking that there would be some backlash from the native fans, which was a dangerous game to play. There really hasn't been. So, but at the same time, they've sort of cooled off with a lot of the shenanigans too. They have. It's been, I mean, it wasn't as ridiculous. I mean, some of those Devitt matches earlier the, the in the Devitt year were The Devitt thing towards the end got completely ridiculous to the point where you didn't... And we said it at the time too, uh, yeah. so we're not sure. No, absolutely not. We, we were bashing it at the time. Go read, go read, and, and there'll be a, a chance to, if you don't want to use the internet, there's a chance to read the... Uh, a wrestling Don't Taco review pretty soon. All I mean, of our reviews books. will be in one neat, tidy place. Yes. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's very safe. Yeah, but you can read, I, and I just recently read your Wrestling Don't Taco review, and you spent two paragraphs venting on how pissed you were at that finish. Yeah. But, I mean, um, but, I mean, it, that's fine. I mean, people hear what they want to hear. That's fine. Yeah. But um, as long as they're listening, I don't care what they hear. Uh, right. But um, the, the thing, the point that I'm going to circle back to is 
New Japan has a much better chance of hooking people with their product, their <laughs> modern product, than the network did. Because the network debuted in a year where the WWE really went into the tank with their current products. And New Japan is really still peaking with their current. They're still putting on phenomenal wrestling shows. So I think they have a better chance of retaining people if they deliver Wrestle Kingdom and if they continue to deliver well uh, with some of their events. So, And there's, there's a couple of events the next two nights as we record this. The two Cork and Hall shows to finish off the year are um, on the 19th and the 20th in the wee hours of the morning. So uh, there's those two shows, and then those will be the final two test runs. Until we uh, until we get to Wrestle Kingdom, so um, I forgot. Oh, we were talking about how did we even start talking about we? Oh, we were talking about uh, uh, Global Force, okay, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of, of you know. So, but we'll 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 do a much bigger preview of Wrestle Kingdom. We were just planning this. There's not going to be a show next week, more than likely, um, unless I get bored and do something by myself. <laughs> like Christmas morning, you're just well, by your... well. Here's the thing: Are you going to Jersey or are you staying in Texas? No, no, I'm staying home. My 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 brother lives in Austin. Neither one of us are going home, so he'll probably he came he came over for Thanksgiving. He'll probably come over for Christmas, and we'll do watch some hoops. We're gonna watch yeah. some NBA, man. That's the new great NBA. day. Of Listen, hoops. that's oh, unbelievable day. That's of hoops. the new Christmas sports tradition, right? It's it's. I don't know if it's new. It's been going on since 1947. But well, which by the way, if you want to listen to the Over and Back as podcast, a television Over and Back NBA, <laughs> uh, as a television property, it's a, it was 1970 or 1969 was the first one on television, I think. Right, but as a heavily pushed ABC television event. Oh, it's been going on for a decent. I mean, not even through the 90s. Oh, it's been no. I mean, even through the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, I mean, the nineties yeah, for sure. Yeah, the but, Jordan, but they'd give you one game. They'd give you the Bulls against, and then for the Knicks or the Bulls against the Pacers. Yeah, and, no. Now and that and it's an for all a number day. of years, it was the Lakers in one game. Right. I guess the all day. If you're talking about the all day aspect, yeah, would probably be about to midnight. Yeah, about about ten or fifteen years. The all day. Yeah, where you get the five games back to back mm-hmm. to back to back to back with the incessant Mariah Carey music for the Hunters. It's <sighs> my least favorite Christmas uh, song ever. <laughs> so bad. My least favorite. And I like Christmas music. I, there's, I don't. I should reel it in. I don't like Christmas music. There's a few that I can. T- there's like thirty that I can tolerate. But that is the absolute least favorite one that I have. Is Mariah Carey? Oh, it's the worst. And it plays everywhere. Every store I go into, these past five weeks, at some point, if I'm in there for more than five minutes, that song comes out. It's unbelievable. It's I, listen, so bad. It's I'm, so awful. I'm tired. So many good- I, I'm tired of the Mariah Carey too. There's like thousands of Christmas songs. I have, why do I have to hear that one? I have a worst Christmas song. And I tweet it out every year that I can't fucking stand it. The worst Christmas song, without question, in my opinion, is Paul McCartney, Wonderful Christmas Time. I that is not good. I stand that song. It's not a very and good song. Oh, boy, did they play that one to death, too. Yeah, and, and you can hear I mean, that's not even one that you can be sort of like – like some you might if you're in the other part of the store. It's small. You can't necessarily hear it or if you're, it's on the radio and someone's driving by. That one you know when it's on. Like you you know that you're that's what you're listening to. I'll even go to see the Mariah Carey song. The reason I think everybody hates that is because it's so overplayed. I think maybe mm-hmm. at one time you maybe didn't even hate it. No, I enjoyed it. I actually like Mariah There you Mariah go. Carey. There you go. By and large. This but, yeah. song – there's no way I fail to accept it. Took me years to figure out that was Paul McCartney because I couldn't imagine that he would make something. It's so just awful. a random collection of sound. It's not even really a song, really. It's just now you have to close the show with that song. You know that, right? I will. Yeah, I will. Don't worry. Uh, that's gonna be that has to close the show. Downloading right now. Yeah. Um. You, what about my rendition? What do you normally my... close the show with? Uh, nothing. You have to close it with something. 
No, I, no, never mind. The same intro. The Smashing Pumpkins, not Smashing Pumpkins song that we use. Don't sue us, Billy Corgan. But uh, yeah, that. Oh, one. You keep it under thirteen seconds. Yeah, it's it's oh, it's fair use. Don't worry. Isn't it legal really. if it's under thirteen seconds? Yeah, if it's under fifteen, uh, fair use. All right, use. so fifteen yep. seconds is the cutoff. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. bet you got that fucker at fourteen point nine. Oh yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, but today it's going to be wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney. Right. And I don't. He might sue us, but that's fine. You know, you got to keep it at fourteen seconds. Something tells no, me Paul McCartney isn't going to be running into this podcast. You know what's going to happen though. Like, Billy Corgan is possible that he could run into this. That's There's no possible. chance. Yeah, it's, you know, he very well could listen. We had, we had his damn promoter on twice. Well, former promoter. Well, right, right, right. But we had Jacques Barron on the show twice. Yep. So there's a good chance Billy Corgan has listened to this show. Paul McCartney's never going to listen to this show. But here's what's <laughs> going to happen. Know. You're going to play Wonderful Christmas Time and close out the show. I might lead it. I'm going to open the show. How about that? You might even open the show with it. You're going to play the whole song. And some angry listener who celebrates Kwanzaa it's going it's gonna it's gonna to really tell Paul McCartney that the song is being used, okay? And then we're going to – it's going to be like a Seinfeld episode. It's going to come full circle, and we're going to end up getting sued by Paul McCartney because an angry Kwanzaa celebrator tipped mm-hmm. him off. But we're not going to get sued by Paul McCartney. We're going to get sued by the estate of Michael Jackson who owns all of – Who owns it, yeah. Right. How about that? The video is awful, too, by the way. Awful video. Everything about I'm, I'm watching it right now. Just a horrendous video. I don't think I've ever you seen it. You could shoot a better video on your phone in the backyard. You really yeah. could than the video for Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. The worst Christmas song. That, this is pretty awful. That yeah, I'm, I'm going to turn that off right now. Okay. What do we got left here? <laughs> on, the, on the Voices of Wrestling Kwanzaa Spectacular. Yeah. I, it's now being called that. What did I say? It was going to be the Happy Holidays slash Kwanzaa Spectacular. Cause I'm, I'm all for with, it. Featuring some wrestling. So uh, let's talk about Dragon Gate here real quick. Final Gate. No show next week because we record – usually record these things on a Wednesday or a Thursday. So the next two weeks are tricky because the next mm-hmm. weeks are Christmas Eve and Christmas and then New Year's Eve and New Year's. So next week we'll probably do a show on Monday or Tuesday to squeeze one in because we have to do – well, no, next week we're not going to do a show at all. Right, next week's out. But the week after that we'll probably do a show on the 29th and the 30th. That's going to be all Wrestle Kingdom. It's going to be a Wrestle Kingdom show, and then we have something else big that we want to talk about. Unless the WWE wrestler dies or something, we're probably going to do uh, just Wrestle Kingdom. Right, and uh, because there's really nothing else going on. um, So that's what we'll do the week after. Um, And so really this, you know, final gate is on the 28th. This is really the last chance to talk about it before it happens. So a little final gate talk. We're not going to go super in depth, I don't think. Did you see the last couple of Dragon Gate? Did you even? I am behind, unfortunately. Uh, things have been getting in the way, but I'm a little bit behind, so you'll have to catch me up a little. All right. Well, I mean, I've been reading the cards. I've been reading sort of the translations of a little bit, but I, I am very behind. So. Well, I mean, the big the big match obviously is BB Hulk defended against Shingo. This they've been mm-hmm. building up for you could argue years, but you know, technically the last few months, um, you know, they've been going against each other in tags. Uh, Shingo hates Hulk. Hulk hates Shingo. It's uh, it's 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 been a very well built feud. I'm very excited about this match. I I I am the worst at predicting Dragon Gate outcomes. I think Shingo wins this match though. What do you think? Oh, man, that is that is true. Well, so yeah, that's wow. And and that's it's why it's so hard with Dragon Gate because it, it could be either ones. Yeah, I would. The other I could thing see too that. is we're kind of in the middle of unit shuffling still. Mm-hmm. Things haven't dust hasn't really settled on that. We have Mad Blanky with a bunch of like temporary members. Thanks. Yeah, to, guys are bouncing back and thanks forth. Thanks to Doy Darts, which show. is a tremendous the Doy Darts gimmick. 
it's just literally annoying. Literally darts, by the I way. I mean, not... people who don't follow Dragon Gate, I mean, <laughs> they they pull kid, they they pull these little kids from the crowd. It's, it's the most adorable thing. You have these terrified children. <laughs> they're always crying. They're, like, they're, they're, I, little Japanese kids they hate wrestlers. They just every time they're at a show, they're just bawling their eyes. And out. you know it's why? Because I'm going to yeah. tell you why. Because you have these little these these little adorable children in the ring with the entire Dragon Gate roster, and you have like Cyber Kong, or, yeah, like or, screaming at them, <laughs> or Punch Tamanaga, like handing them a dart. Like they're terrified. <laughs> they're scared of these people. You know, so and what they do is, you know, it's 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 a uh, and La- Lance Archer has figured out how awesome that is, and now he's targeting it at every show, which is the greatest thing ever, too. Wait, Lance Archer of New Japan? Of New Japan? Have you noticed that? Like he he'll go now. The past, I think it's the past two shows, he will on his way back up the ramp, will find a little kid and then just lunge at him, oh, and the kid just screams oh. and like runs into his mom's arms. Yes, it's the greatest thing ever. It's like yeah, he screamed at a baby on World Tag League. And then he did it. I, I watched another spot show and he did it again. I, I was like, yes, I thought you, you have realized the greatness of screaming at little Japanese children. Which is... I thought you meant he was a fan of Doi Darts, which was going to. Oh, no, he probably is. I don't no know. Idea. But... Watched that. <laughs> I don't think that. Sorry, I, I jumped there. No, he's a fan of scaring uh, little children. You know, so. Between Lance Archer screaming at children, uh, Doi Darts terrifying children, <laughs> and uh, Okada giving a tombstone pile driver to Tanahashi in front of children. In front of the kids, yeah. There's been a lot of child abuse going on in Japan. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Japan. <laughs> the, the children of Japan just get abused at these wrestling shows. Um, yeah, so anyway, Doi Darts, they, they pull these kids out of the crowd, and, and Naruki Doi has a dartboard with all of the members of the roster on it. And they'll do, you know, every year they do a different gimmick. And, and you know, like, for instance, sometimes, usually they'll use the Doi Darts to create a match. You know, right. and what it does is the match ends up. Obviously, you can't you can't work this. It's, it's like a battle bowl thing where it's like weird but it's, combinations but it's, or whatever. But it is, but it's legitimately totally random as opposed right, right, to right. you know. Well, I tend to think that one of the, a few of those is like WCW battle bowls, because <laughs> some of them were just oh no, so those I, were I, clearly Missy Hyatt reading. <laughs> <laughs> Those were obviously worked, Rich. Please don't tell me they were awful. Some of them, te- some of the teams were just the worst. Yeah, but that's just, like you couldn't have, you couldn't like. Just, I am convinced at all how awful some of those were that like they could not have been. And I'm also convinced the spin the wheel make the deal was uh, was. You think spin the wheel make no, the deal was a shoot? How the hell did you end up with the coal miner's glove? That nobody knew what the hell it's the coal miner. No, I know, I know it's. I know, I know it's just bad. I, I am joking in case people are like you idiot. Like I know. I but hope it's, to God you're joking. No, I, I'm joking, but no, w, it's, there's some WCW stuff that's just so there's awful. There's no that way like, that'll man. shoot. No, no, I know, no, because that would be I terrible. love. By I, the way, Hawk, you're you're teaming with Booker T tonight, so sorry. <laughs> like, I love the first Battle Bowl show. It's actually one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views, and I realize it wasn't a, a great show. I just I love that show. I loved it watching it live. I loved it watching it on VHS a billion times. And it's actually one of the first shows I watched when I got WWE Network was that first Battle Bowl show mm-hmm. with Missy Hyatt forcing that smile every time they went to her to pull a name out of the uh, uh, what they they use the uh, bingo gimmick that year. Yeah, yeah, the the big her and Bischoff, wheel. not the big wheel, the lethal lottery. Uh... Yeah, plastic faced Eric Bischoff and plastic <laughs> and plastic tits Missy Hyatt pulling. <laughs> names out of the uh the bingo balls and you knew missy hot you could tell by her cheesy smile she thought this was the worst fucking gimmick possible for the yeah. show you knew she couldn't stand it and we're really gonna end up with road warrior hawk and rip rogers <laughs> like that's really what we're doing here okay it was like, like the very first battle bowl match had like the free birds against each other it's like how blatantly obvious 
in ridiculousy. But anyway, I love that show irrationally. I thought Terry Taylor in particular was fantastic. I'm gonna assign that match to you one of these days. That yeah, no, do it. That Terry Taylor Battle Bowl match. I like Battle Bowl. I do, I just there's some of them. Some of the teams are just so I ridiculous. Terry, I think like, Terry Taylor is one of the more underrated wrestlers uh, of that era and of all time, really. Uh, very good. But uh, but but anyway. Um, so anyway, doy darts, they put everybody's name on the board and then, and they have the kids throw the darts at the board and it, but the thing is, it always comes out to where you think it was a work because of it comes out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It does come out very nicely. And then, and then this year they did the doy darts gimmick where like whoever the darts landed on had to turn heel and join mad blankie, which was another interesting twist. So then you had these guys like who were super baby faces like Shima who are now like temporarily heels and they're cutting heel promos and heel promo voice, which with a DPI, which I'm not going to copy. If you want to hear heel promo voice, no one is going to outdo Alan who on the Christmas show that we did with him did perfection. He did the dragon gate heel promo voice. I wanted to boo him so badly. I I wanted to boo him off the podcast. He (laughs) he got over as a heel. He did it so well. Everyone needs to listen to the DKP show that we were guest stars on. Uh, I call this guest stars. You like that? I'm putting stars, over yeah, stars. Nice. Scott Steiner and Firebreaker Chip, huh? A hell of a team. Gets <laughs> Arachnaman and Johnny B. Bad. That's like that's like Arachnaman and Johnny B. Bad. That works. That's out. not the Scott first. Steiner Firebreaker Chip. Was Firebreaker Chip the one that was just right out of his goddamn mind? What year are you looking at? Uh, Starcade '91. Okay. What was the Terry Ta- the Terry Taylor man? It was Terrence Terrence Taylor right? Wasn't he Terrence at that time? I because he was the he was the, the 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 man of the millennium or whatever. Didn't he end up having to face a? Uh, it's, it was Lex Luger and Arn Anderson uh, defeated Terrence Taylor and the Z Man. Let me tell you something. I'm I'm making that your match right now for two weeks from now <laughs> because I love that fucking match. I could make me watch the the combination of Larry Zbyszko and El Gigante <laughs> against Richard Morton and Dustin Rhodes. That's a that's a hell of a babyface team, Richard Morton and Dustin Rhodes. No, I, oh, you know the other great match on that. There's a match where. It's uh, it's Bill Kazmaier and Jushin yeah. Liger, and they faced uh, it was Kazmaier. There you go, I got it. Kazmaier Liger against Mike Graham, and yep. I can't remember Graham's partner. Who was Graham's partner? You don't want to guess? I I can't remember. DDP Diamond Dallas Page. But that's not important. The important part is Mike Graham and Liger totally not being on the same page. <laughs> Seriously, because it was a shoot that nobody knew who they were going to face. When, Joe, that's when why. When you watch the Terry Taylor match, make just watch the whole show. The show is okay. I'm just going to watch the whole I damn thing. I love that yeah, fucking show. Have you ever seen the show? Um, I don't know if I ever have. Yeah, these these don't ring a bell. I think I've read reviews of this, but I don't think I've seen the entire thing. Watch Mike Graham and Jushin Liger totally okay. not vibe in the ring, and watch Jushin Liger and Bill Kazmaier attempt to do creative double team moves. <laughs> if you want to talk about a team, I can understand why you would think it was a shoot. Why on earth would you put Bill Kazmaier with Jushin Liger? It is utterly ridiculous. And you had a completely green Diamond Dallas Page. Because in 1991, this is in 1997, Diamond Dallas Page, who by that point in time was a pretty good worker. Yeah, this is awful, awful, awful. This guy's six Page. months removed from managing Bad Company in AWA. All right, This guy was green as grass. And he's teaming with Grumpy Mike Graham. Who is uh, who invented the battle concept? Probably <laughs> who invented battle Yes, and and, and Starcade, absolutely, and the Thunderdome, and everything. <laughs> and, and, who couldn't get his shit in against Liger because of massive miscommunications. Your, your assignment <laughs> is the entire it's show. Just watch now. the entire thing. Yeah, uh, a fun fact about Bill Kazmaier: we have a VHS video at my shoot job of him working out on our equipment. They brought him in once to uh, to work out on our, our equipment. So there's a video of him doing a promo in like 1991. 
I haven't figured out a way to train. They, they, they won't show me the VHS though. I've seen screenshots, but they will not. I, nobody can find the. So VHS, wait, this isn't this isn't modern footage of Bill Kazmaier? No, no, no. This is it's like prime Bill Kazmaier, like doing bench presses in like the early '90s, with this gigantic barrel chest. And they legitimately use this for promotional purposes. Yes. Yes. Why? They're a fitness company. Can't they bring in like a modern fitness guy to shoot a modern video, like in nice HD on a? No, 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 no. They, they used this in the early nineties. Oh, so they're not still using the video? No, God, no, no. We're not still, we're not still being endorsed by. I thought you were. No, 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 no. To sell workout equipment. No, no, no. Using hey, here's a forty-eight year old or a sixty-year-old Bill Casma. You're like, no, 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 no. That was back in the day when he was. Uh... Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yes, I yeah no, we're not still being endorsed by Bill Casmer. That would ne- probably not sell a lot of fitness equipment. Since this is the Voices of Wrestling Kwanzaa Spectacular, I will have you know, here's a callback to one of our shows earlier in the year. I just used the ceiling fan remote to turn on the ceiling fan because it was getting a little nice. it was getting a little warm in here. So I, I ah. wanted to uh, shout out the ceiling fan remote, which, uh, some which of- has its own hashtag now. Two people have used it. so <laughs> it, it does. I saw that. Very interesting. <laughs> Hopefully the Kwanzaa Spectacular gets a uh, – hopefully that doesn't get a hashtag. Get no, that a, should not get a hashtag. Yeah, I don't want anybody to actually That's the wrong it. kind of attention. That we, but anyway, uh, Doi Darts. But anyway, so yes, – Sorry. Okay, please go on about the Doi Darts. Uh, Final Gate. We're done with Doi Darts. So Final Gate, uh, Doi Darts has – there's still some people who are temporarily members of Mad Blanky because of the Doi Darts and whatnot. So, uh, you know, keep your eyes open for that. But, the, yeah, the, uh, the Dream Gate title match and then the, the Open to Twin Gate is uh, T-Hawk and Aita who won the titles back. From Shima and Gamma, they defend against Yamato and Cyber Kong. Cyber Kong, in the last set of shows, scored a bunch of big pinfalls. He pinned Aita on the last show, so uh, to 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 properly prepare. Smart logical booking. Imagine that. You know, the mm. challenger beats the champion, heading into the pay per view. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. Um, then there, the Triangle Gate is uh, the Jimmy team defending against Masaki Mochizuki, Dragon Kid, and Big R Shimizu. Will Big R Shimizu win his first title, Rich? Is it time? I think it's time. Yeah, I mean, with, I think with the veteran partners. Yeah, I'm looking at the yeah that that's it's happening for sure. Well, you got Mochizuki and Dragon Kid. Yeah, no, he that, that that's that that's good because it won't necessarily be the the onus won't completely be on him. There'll be a few. Yeah, no, I, I'm into that. that I, I'm I'm down. Let's. Do I it. think he scores the pin. Yeah. Oh, I agree too. I think he pins one of these dudes with that shot put suplex. They're, Which is a great move. They're going to the moon with this dude. Now, you know, of course, this is Dragon Gate. No result would shock me. But uh, maybe this is our fandom talking. But I would love to see him win. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't know if we irrationally like him. No, but I mean, they're into him, too. It's not just us making this up. Like, he's a big goddamn deal. Like, they, they, the crowd's into him. There was a big reveal. Like, he's been a focal point of a lot. Yeah, he, he's winning the title here. Another big title match for a guy who was little as, I don't as know, team, rather, as uh, five or six months ago was just a nothing undercard prelim guy. Punch Tamanaga is going for the Brave Gate against Flamita. Flamita has uh, gone through just about every Jimmy on the roster. Uh, he defeated another Jimmy a couple nights ago on, on the last show. So now he takes on Punch Tamanaga of Mad Blanky. Um, could you see Punch Tamanaga ending the title reign? Of- yeah, no, I can't. He's had a good run, but yeah, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't go that far with him. What about you? Are you seeing another cheesy disqualification finish to get out of beating mm-hmm. him? <sighs> yeah, I, man, I, 
So, pro- yeah, kind of, but I'd rather just, I mean, I personally would just rather see, but I don't know. Are they, are they still in the mode of protecting him that much? Or, I mean, they have, but I don't know. I, I could see it happening, but I, I would prefer just have Flamita beat him. I, I think it's okay. Flamita's a pretty big deal. I, I think it's fine Fl- if he just Flamita's had a great title run. Yeah, I think it's fine. Just just let that Flamita, just let him beat it. Like, I don't think that makes anything less of Punch Tamanaga. You know what I mean? Where if, if I don't think him losing to Flamita on this run for that title is going to be that big of a deal. So I would just I would just have him win or, or lose clean. I did punch lose what clean. What about but. the match itself? It's kind of contrasting styles, especially with the way Punch Tamanaga is working with that gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then you have Flamita, who's been having, you know, these, these just flat-out awesome, um, fast-paced, go-go-go, uh, Lucha-inspired matches. Um, how do you think these guys will work together? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was a little curious when I saw that that, that match being listed. I, I was wondering if it's going to be very good. I really don't know. I, t- part of me is kind of just – I think they're both better on their own, if that makes sense, or, or better sort of in their own little styles. I'm very interested to see how this works out because we, we've seen Flamita do a few – you know, matches where it wasn't, you know, we, we, we sort of assume that he's just as high flyer, as quick, but we've seen a few ones where he's a little bit more grounded. I mean, as of late, we've seen some where he's been sort of slowed down or, you know, I mentioned, I, I forgot what the exact event was, but it was a few months ago. And I said, this was another test for him where he's done in the past three months has done matches with all different styles. It looks like they're trying to show, look, this guy isn't just, you know, a, a spot fest waiting to happen. Like he's a good wrestler too. So yeah, he could do, I, to me though, I would rather, yeah, cause punch is sort of, I mean, I enjoy punch, but I, I feel like it's going to be kind of awkward, but I'm sure the booking will be good. But yeah, yeah I, I, I see it being a little weird. I really don't know if it's going to be very fluid. To me, it's but. a very interesting match because I don't know how the hell, I don't know what it's going to be. Because who's it going to fit? I mean, where's it going to be more of? I, I, you can't, there's no middle ground, I don't think. I mean, there's obviously matches here that are going to be better matches. I think the, the other three title matches are all going to be tremendous matches, or, or at least all have the chance to be tremendous matches. Sometimes with Dragon Gate, when they do a, a big title match, um, they slow it down so much to a fault. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean when I say that? Right. Um, it, it, it's, it, you know, we talk about the Dragon Gate stereotype all the time. A lot of the open the Dream Gate matches are not worked at the style that people perceive Dragon Gate matches to be worked at. But there are also times where they slow down way too much. Like, I'll give you a good example. The match where Shingo beat Shima. I guess that was earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was like a 40-minute match, and the pacing was so slow and deliberate that it took me out of the match. And to me, it was a very disappointing match. I, you know, I thought they either needed to work a shorter match or speed it up a little bit. They slowed it down, and they went 40 minutes. I mean, cry. I thought I was watching Dory Funk against Jack Briscoe. I mean, I, come on. You know, let's have a little bit of juice, please. But, uh, you know, so sometimes that works against them. I don't think that we'll get that with Hulk and Shingo. First of all, I don't think Hulk is capable of working a match like that. Uh, second of all, the way that this feud has been structured, it's more of a uh, a grudge. So I think they'll work it more like a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you're going to get the long 35 to 40 minute, um, you know, overdone Dragon Gate, Dream Gate yeah, style that, that, match. That will probably be the main event. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely right. the main I, event. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. It's already for certain. I mean, it's going to close the show, and it should. Uh, but I, I don't think I, – I, you know, so I think that has a chance to be good if if, if they're smart about Hulk's mm-hmm. limitations and everything else. The T-Hawk and Aita twin game match, I mean, there, there's no chance that that won't be good. I mean, you know, they, they, I have full confidence, especially with Yamato involved and everything else. Yeah. I mean, those guys have been money. And Cyber Kong is—he's got limitations, but he—I mean, those other three will. 
It's not going to matter. But, you know, right? CyberConk... Like, he'll, he'll work well in that. It'll be a fun little story told with him in Cyber that. CyberConk tossing around Aito will be a lot of fun. Exactly, right. And T-Hawk right. and CyberConk, you know, um, mini-hossing it up will be a lot of fun, too. And the Triangle Gate match is, you know, is, is going to be a lot of fun. So it's that that Brave Gate match is a real interesting match. I don't know how to... Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, part of me thinks it'll be probably be pretty good, but it's just such a weird... That's what I meant is I don't know, like, what's it going to favor? Is it going to favor kind of the, the BS goofy style of a punch dominaga or is it going to be very high flying and and you know flamita jumping i i don't know it's hard to find a middle ground between those two a punch dominaga brave gate run would be so different from any other brave gate mm-hmm. run that we've had at least in recent memory though so i think that would be interesting i don't know it's definitely uh if nothing else the most interesting match in the card the rest of the stuff quickly the opener are the uh non-triangle gate jimmy contingent of kajitora kanda and qq uh naoki tanazaki dolphin against yuga hayashi hollywood stalker and uh, Mr. High Tension Katoka. So that'll be, I'm not even sure if that's uh, the opener or if it's a pre-show. That's, at least uh, I, I heard DG has it as number one. So, so. it's an official opener. Okay. As far as we know, yeah, it'll, it'll be there. But Okay, we've got UT and Yasuke Santa Maria against uh, temporary heel Don Fuji and Mondai Ryu. <laughs> and he's doing one hell of a job. Um, you, when you go back and you probably don't have time to go back and watch, um, all the stuff that you missed, but watch the Don Fuji stuff since he's taken on the mad blanky person. Mm-hmm. He's been fucking amazing. I love Don Fuji anyway. So that, that, yeah, I, I should go watch some of that stuff. Cause and I'm especially considered cause you know, it, it was only a few months ago that he was protecting Santa Maria. Now, you know. Yeah. Now he's a dick, so who knows? He's a mad blanky member for he's now. Shave her hair. And then uh, the only other non-title match is Shima. Uh, again, temporary mad blanky members, Shima, mm-hmm. Gamma, <laughs> and Kness. Take on- and Kness, it's interesting because he's actually uh, – he's really embraced the idea of being a heel to the point that he's doing a lot of callbacks to his old heel days as, like, Darkness Dragon, if you go back that far with Dragon Gate, like bringing, like, his old weapons to the ring that he used to use, uh, you know, like in like 2005, like he's really embraced it. And again, Dragon Gate rewarding the viewer for remembering things. Right, without, I mean, as long as we, we don't know the commentary, but I, I, I doubt they're screaming. Oh, who knows? After what we heard they from might be. Yotsume, who knows? Who's <laughs> like, yeah, the announcers We heard suck, that New so. Japan has their very own um, uh, Jerry Lawler-like announcer that everybody hates. So uh, who knows? Either way, they're calling back and they're they're rewarding some of minor amount of intelligence. So the thing here is like Kness has really embraced it. Uh, Gamma is not really so hot on doing this deal, and Shima's kind of in the middle. So, which is surprising. You thought Shima? I, you no. know, I watched one of the promos and I, I was very surprised that he was kind of like okay with it. Oh man, Nate. Which I mean, he's Mister. He's Mister. Good guy. He's Mister. Dragon Legend. All I have so to that... say is go watch the main event of the Go Home Show. That's what I heard. No, I I I heard. I, I didn't watch the clips, but yeah, I heard. Watch the post match like, stuff, and yeah, I was very interested in that. So I, I will have to. That that is one on my sort of to do list. Once some of these things kind of clear up a little bit, because yeah, I heard, hearing him sort of embrace it is uh, is interesting. So they take on the Monster Express team of Masato Yoshino, Akira Tazawa, and uh, Sachi Hoko Boy. Which interestingly enough, just to show you how diverse wrestling can be, I actually know a real person who texted me. The following real text. Let me let me read it word for word. Let me okay. grab my phone. You're, this is wrestling. Just there's it takes all. Kinds. So well, well, describe this person. He's a wrestling fan. Okay. And this was a, I just got this text randomly in the middle of the night. I assume while this person was watching the show on Nico or something. I have no idea because the text was like at four in the morning. Um, here's the text, and I quote: "You know, my favorite Dragon Gate wrestler is Sachi Hoko Boy." <laughs> That's a real text that I got. 
at 4.30 in the morning. So Is it Sachioka Boy? Yeah. My, here's what's, No, I meant like, no, is that him? That, no, that, I, I am okay. not friends with Sachioka Boy. But I am friends with someone whose favorite wrestler in Dragon Gate. <laughs> of, Which is fine. That's cool. Is Sachioka Boy. He's fun. I like him, but I don't know if he's my favorite. I mean, that just goes to show you. They're or just, top ten, but yeah, it's fun. It just takes all kinds. I mean, I, that would be like... When he was in Monster Express, he was definitely like the, the my sixth favorite. He's still in Monster Express. <laughs> no, no, I meant well, you know what I'm talking about. The Prime Monster. Oh, Express. you had the one Ricochet. that was like booked for me. Yeah. The one that was like, "Hey, Rich, like, <laughs> who are your top five favorite guys in Dragon Gate?" Oh, here you go. That, oh, and we'll throw in Sachioka Boy just in case. That so, really like, was a unit made for Rich Crage. It was. That was your five favorite Dragon Gate wrestlers in one unit. Right. Unbelievable. And now Rest it's, in peace. it's 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 all gone. Rest in peace. Because of Prince Puma. I'll never love again. Because of Prince Puma and And stupid WWE. You know, you never know. I mean, that's you know, that's a good transition away from Final Gate. Oh, oh, oh. A good transition away from Final Gate would be something I really wanted to bring up um, yeah. from from reading the Observer this week. I like I love doing these shows after the Observer comes out because there's always little nuggets to comment on. But um and, and the Yuhan Nation thing reminded me of it. There's like four. I'm watching a gift right now of the that that classic Monster Express doing their little pose in the ring, and I'm I'm so sad. Tears, tears, Rich. Oh, uh, there's. I got to turn it off. I can't look. There's like four high-profile professional wrestlers right now, legitimately mulling or deciding on multiple legitimate, real money offers in the world of wrestling, right? Yeah. And that's a good thing. And this is why I wanted TNA to survive. And for the, you know, I know there's a lot of people who disagree with that. They think TNA would be better off dead. I'm going to tell you why TNA wasn't better off dead. Uh, Alberto Del Rio was offered a one-year $400,000 contract from TNA, according to the Wrestling Observer. Um, That's fantastic because if you take TNA off the table, that's one less real money option that the wrestlers have. Uh, a place to go to work, something I've been harping on. And competition is good. Not because it just drives up salaries for wrestlers, which does nothing for me as a fan, but because competition drives up everything, not just salaries, but the product that you see on television, uh, the stuff you see. Look, all this talk from people like CM Punk and Alberto Del Rio about the lousy payoffs in WWE, Mm -hmm. how it's not all it's cracked up to be. You have the mid-card.